Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I'm Wicked Good, and I am talking to you about Hearthstone from the comfort of my streaming chair, um, because we have quite a bit to talk about, friends. We've gotten the full core set. We know everything that's going to be rotating um, from the sets that were released in the Year of the Dragon, which means that we're going to have a very different meta, and there is a lot to discuss. So I would not be comfortable talking this long on my own. So I have um, asked back your friend and mine, the busiest man in Hearthstone, uh, Ridiculous Hat, to join me. Hat, welcome back once again. Thank you for that. I appreciate you lying and saying that you wouldn't be comfortable talking for that long because, <laughs> Stephen, come on. I, I probably, it's... no, I would, my voice would give out after two straight out, like 45 minutes I can do, like two hours, I think my voice would give out. I, I do. Because you know, you know I wouldn't stop talking. I would just keep going straight. I wouldn't take a breath. But when you do when you do the shows with Matt and when you did the shows with Andrew, that was a it was like those are three hours. I guess you only talked for half of it, and I guess your voice did kind of start to give out at the end. Yeah, and and I also would attempt to sing at the end of the ones with Andrew, and that was uh, that was that was uh, probably unwise. But you know, I would do just about anything for Andrew. So um, yes, you know, um, would you like to introduce yourself for the two people in my audience who do not net, yet know who you are? Oh gosh, yes. Um, Hi, people. I'm a friend of Steve's that also makes Hearthstone content. I'm holding up air quotes when I talk about Twitter content, but I tweet a lot, and then I I basically write out a bunch of tweets in order in my mind and say them on shows. Um, so so I do Coin Concede and Vicious Syndicate, and then I, also, I also have a podcast about Hades, and I'm also present in, I think last count was 75 Discords. Oh, I, I'm, I've I'm, stopped joining them, so you're, you've, you've definitely got some up on me at this point. I'm not active in all of them. I'm not active in most of them, but the inbox feature is cheat codes. Um, so, yeah. And uh, and Steve and I, well, we do this every so often. I'm not going to give a consistent time period anymore because Blizzard started to do new things, and so we just talk whenever they do a thing. Yeah, we usually have one of these before before a set release and then one of them after. And so this is our before. And we, we've had this, this kind of tradition of talking about rotation and and. You know, I know you've done a core set review on Coin Conceit, and I didn't want to do that because, like, Lord knows I've got my my share of, of card reviews, and I didn't really want to do a full card review, card, card by card by core set. So, but I did want to talk about what rotation's going to look like as much as we know, and, and with the caveat that, A, if anybody tells you what that they know what the meta's going to look like after rotation, they're lying because we've only seen 12 cards from Forge from the Barons, and that will be... That will be determining a lot of what the meta looks like, but also just that, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty, but we can kind of make some assumptions about what's going to be possible and certainly what's going to be leaving the way that we know it right now. And and I think that this is, I mean, you've been playing longer than I have. This feels as much like the first rotation before Old Gods that... Uh, you know, going into that with that kind of anticipation that I can remember since I started playing the game. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I really been playing longer than you. That's kind of crazy. You must, uh, you must be, because I started it. I started after TGT. Okay, it's real. not that much longer. It's like I played in beta when it came out on iPad for like a month with zero mana Soulfire, and I said, "This is dumb. They should change this." They did, um, and then uh, I really started getting into it in in Blackrock Mountain. So, like, we're only talking a matter yeah. of months. Oh, but... maybe it was around the same time that no, no, it was it was Black... yeah. it was when the phone client came out that I started playing, which was Blackrock yes, Mountain. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. same time. So, uh, it's 
This is probably the most important change to Hearthstone since Whispers outside of the creation of Battlegrounds, which is, I think those are kind of the three formative events of making the game sustaining in terms of card design very early in the game's life, turning the game into a platform, and then dramatically changing both the economics and the core assumptions, uh, pun not intended, but I'll take it, uh, of both the game's economy and of which card are sticking around. This is, we can view this particular turning point as when Hearthstone became a game targeting players that have been playing it already, like for experienced players. When we talked to Dean about this over on Coin Concede, uh, he made it very clear that, you know, in 2015, when there was that famous interview that talked about exit points and about how we, we were going to get used to core set card or classic set cards, ironically, they actually mentioned Gadgets and Auctioneer a lot in that article. Still around. Um, I have but, no idea how that happened, how that's still yeah. there. He's like, he's like the Keanu Reeves in the Matrix of, of Hearthstone cards. Just, he just survives. But Dean made it clear that like when you're designing for experienced players, you make different decisions than when you do for new players. And this is where the game really takes that and runs with it with this change. But it's also so good for new players, too. Yeah. It, I mean, ironically, by doing that, they made, this, they made the game so much more accessible by, not, by removing the classic tax. Because the classic set has so—it just ended up—it had so many bad cards in it. After all the nerfs and all the changes and things getting Hall of Famed, that like you you're just opening it up just because you need to get Shield Slams and Brawls in order to play Control Warrior, and you keep getting copies of like Millhouse Mana Storm and and just garbage garbage cards that you can't do anything with, and this just removes that, and then it makes it easier to focus on the new star and and like budget decks are actually like a viable thing because you'll at least have you know that you're going to have a set of 235 cards to build off of and so yeah. the the idea of an actual budget deck like i mean you know you you've been you've been playing magic for magic arena for a little while again i've been picking that up too and like before i had a collection like oh yeah here's a budget deck that looks literally nothing like the actual deck because you just need to craft so many cards and this will at least give you a foundation even if you just get like one legendary that that looks cool it's pretty likely you'll at least be able to build some sort of a viable deck around it yeah, it solves a lot of problems at once of how do I get these cards, are these cards even any good, and what do I do with them? Uh, combined with modern design sensibilities, uh, the game doesn't function the same way as it did. And I've said this on, I think this will be either the second or third podcast I've said this on, but it needs to be repeated. In 2014, Classic was not Classic. Classic was Hearthstone. It yeah. needed to be an entire game by itself. doesn't anymore, so it's going to be all support cards. But also, minions have Rush now, and there are more abilities in the game. Like, you need to be aware of lifesteal. And also, they were bad at making cards seven years ago because they hadn't done it before. Now they've done it, and they look back and like, wow, these cards were bad. Let's make some new ones. It's just better. It's just an improvement. So they could have given away old classic for free, and that would have been an improvement. But this is giving away cards that actually matter for free. Yeah. If you were trying to build a – if you really liked Shaman, and they gave you old classic for free and said you can build a deck with this now, you'd be like, can I really? Is that really what yeah. I can do? I mean, you could you could build a set of thirty cards, but you probably couldn't build a deck with it. Like, and you know, and and just like the class identities have evolved since then. Like, you know, they figured out what to do. I mean, they did the priest we work last year, and this is kind of just like on a larger scale. So I went through, and I don't know how if you talk if you touch the spreadsheet at all. I know you were looking in the in the show notes. Um, I went through all of the if you if you saw my spreadsheet that I put out the day of the core set release. I have a bigger version that I will link in the show notes that is 
the the core set changes plus all of the cards that are rotating out of the um the year of the dragon sets and then i rated them all high medium low impact i have on the screen for those of you watching the stream the the high impact ones for neutral well just because there's so many of the neutrals that are changing for the classes i'll have the the high and medium impacts because we don't really need to talk about the ones that that don't matter but i mean this is this is kind of a big a big list i mean you're looking at the reborn minions are going doomsayers going away all of the highlander decks are going we're losing both sticky finger and horde pillager so anything that revolved around recurring weapons like bomb warrior is obviously going away and we'll talk about that but evolve shaman that's relying on recurring the box by knuckles is going to be going away um and wild pyromancer is going away questing adventurer and maligos are going away obviously all the galacrons are, are going away too and then the 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 couple things that we're getting back is that the chargers are changing to rush minions stone tusk born bluegill warrior in particular and we're starting to get some some actual death rattles um in the form of nerubian egg and, and friends coming back so it's like a lot of these kind of staple decks that we've been relying on for for a year and a half i mean i can't remember a meta where we didn't have multiple highlander decks that were viable and we're gonna have to go back to expecting you're gonna be running two copies of a card in a deck again the last meta that wasn't defined by deck building restrictions there was okay so we had a year of odd and even and a year and a half of highlander and right in between that was rise of shadows yeah. It was just Rise of Shadows. Because otherwise, you had Odd and Even or you had Highlander, and those were, like, really major driving factors. And Rise of Shadows was kind of dominated by other stuff going on, uh, in particular Raiding Party and Dr. Boo. Uh, yeah, and, but and Spirit it, of the Shark eventually, too. Yep, and then uh, towards the end of it, uh, Mana Cyclone, three Mana Conj Calling, and five oh, Mana yeah. Pocket Galaxy. Oh, which my was, goodness. I forgot. I forgot they did that horrible buff buff thing in the middle of Rise of Shadows. Oh, good grief! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we didn't realize at the time quite how dangerous that buff was until the very very end. And I will say I enjoyed Rise of Shadows at the time. Looking back at it, the decision doesn't necessarily stand on its own two legs all that well. Uh, but it, you know, that's back when they were learning. What can we do to shake things up? Like, remember the when we saw the rise of the next block, and we were like, "What are they doing? Yeah. What is this?" I mean, I had a uh, visceral reaction to it at the time, and everybody told me I was nuts because I'm like, yes. "This is not the way." Like, we don't want to be buffing cards because if you're buffing a small number of cards, you need to shoot for like a nine or a ten in order to get it to to do anything, and you're you're very likely to hit an eleven. And and Luna shot did a shot for the moon and hit it. Like, <laughs> yeah, they they really didn't get it right until Darkmoon races. Galakron's Awakening was close, but uh, it, it was hamstrung by the adventure format being super outdated. Uh, and the other two, like Rise of the Mechs was, they made a couple major mistakes that kind of drew attention away from that all the other changes they made didn't really matter. Like there were maybe two that were net positive, but the window for success is so, so small. It was like Thunderhead, and I could say Christology, but I yeah, don't think Christ- that, Christology got kind of toxic towards the end it's, too. It was always toxic. Paladin just sucked. Like it, yeah, it's fair. The only reason that we didn't complain about that card is because the other Paladin cards were so bad. Um, and even yeah. then, in Holy Wrath, Paladin we still complained about that card. Um, 
But yeah, there were very, very few cards that, it was really just the Shaman cards that got good enough to play and not good enough to be dominant. Um, but yeah, it ended up being Galakrond's Awakening, like it was hit or miss. I, the cards outside of Skipper, the, there were some good cards in there, like Rotness Drake, um, uh, Rising Winds. I really like Rising Winds. Like there were, there were a bunch of cool cards in there. Frenzied Fellwing was pretty insane at the time. They did end up having to nerf it, but... It was if that had been the uh, Darkmoon Races model, I think we would have been even happier about it. And the Dark Darkmoon Races was kind of an unmitigated success, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that they kind of hit they kind of hit it out of the park by making it something that you could just buy with gold, right? Because like we, everyone was afraid was I'm, am I going to have to hold on to am I going to have to hold on to my packs or, or whatever? I don't want to be spending all this money. And, and it's like, okay, well, you've got all this gold anyway, so here you go, 2,000 gold, just get the whole thing. And then you're, out, and then you're you know, off to the races, no pun intended. And that was, I mean, you know, some of the, the things that the, the meta has been kind of problematic for different reasons, like Nitro Boost has been a problem, whatever, but the way that they did it um, felt good, right? Like, and there's some... You know, some changes that they can still make, but I think that it's definitely felt better than um, than than uh, Galakrond's Awakening. But also, we're, we're going to have to have this conversation in a year because Galakrond's Awakening, I don't think we realized how like we knew Risky Skipper was good. I don't think we realized like how impactful Risky Skipper was. No, I think um, we did. You know, I think we, we didn't got, realize yeah. they weren't going to change it for the whole year. Because oh, yeah, that's, that's every, fair, too. Yeah. Every expansion, we had the conversation of this format is defined by Skipper. What are they going to do about it? And it turns out the answer after a year is nothing. Just nothing. Um, but otherwise, I don't know. I Six set metas are hard and usually bad. And this yeah. has been... Uh, like, I'm I'm ready for rotation now. They've given us so many new toys to talk about. I'm ready for it. But as far as six-set metas go, especially after Darkmoon Races, it was interesting for a little while, and at least there's a, a wide variety of decks to play. And yeah. compared to Darkmoon Fair, the release was pretty mediocre, right? It was fine. There were a couple cool ideas. Demon Hunter was too good. A lot of decks seemed almost good enough. And then there were a couple changes, a couple nerfs, as well as Darkmoon Races, and it made the format a lot better. I'm not going to say that I'm playing a ton right now, but right after Darkman Races, I did play a good bit. And right now, we're all just waiting for new toys. Yep. But retroact- uh, retrospectively, if we look back, I think that this has been one of the more engaging six-set meta cycles that we've seen, even though there's only so much you can do to solve that problem. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you think about, like, this meta may feel bad right now because Aggro Rogue is Aggro Rogue. Um, and then we also had Ramp Paladin, which was no fun to play against either. But, like... We've had Wall Priest. We've had Q Block, right? We've had we've had like some really bad six set metas. And as far as six set matters are concerned, like Agro Rogue is annoying, but it's no Wall Priest. Like Wall Priest, like I stopped playing Hearthstone for the week after Vargoth was was introduced because Wall Priest was that bad. And I love Priest and I hated that deck. Yeah. So <laughs> And at know. least like you can look you can actually look at every class right now. And there's at least something that you can consider playing and someone, even the worst options, if, you, if that's really what you want to do, it's probably fine. If you really want to play Highlander Hunter, you shouldn't, but you could. If you really want to play Face Hunter, you shouldn't, but you could. 
Uh, and Totem Shaman. Yeah. Uh, but so like, and Shaman like Jomber Shaman is actually good. Like it's actually a solid deck. It's it's it takes more effort to learn than it is worth, especially at this time. But part of the issue as well is this is the worst time in Hearthstone's history in crafting that we know about because no one should make any cards right now. Yeah. N- we nothing is relevant to make right now, including classic cards, which was always like people asked what to make right now, and we said we have no idea what's going to happen next year. Craft Leroy or Thalnos, yeah, yeah. Well, Thalnos craft Thalnos now. Yeah, but I mean, craft Thalnos, so you don't have to ask about it because you're, you're going to craft it eventually anyway. Now everybody just gets a Thalnos. Congratulations, yeah. you got a Thalnos. You don't, you, if you didn't craft it, you won, right? Like, you held out that long, you won. The answer was <laughs> Ziliax, and then when Ziliax rotated, craft Leroy, and Leroy was always the answer. Yeah. Then Leroy rotated, and then it was Edwin, and now Edwin is rotating, and it's somehow back to Leroy if you, if you want to try Classic, because you need Leroy if yeah. you're going to play Classic. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. So... It's just, it's hard to, if players don't have cards, and especially if they want to play Ramp Paladin, but they were, like, missing a tip the scales on Nas Dormu, and they said, should I craft oh, that? Gosh, no, yeah. absolutely not. Under no, Dormu no has no in the name. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, Zadormu. All right, I'm, that's the episode yeah. title. I'm just going to write it down now. Yes, yes, please do that. And it's just, I will not remember that in three hours when we're done with this. So, so I mean, that's, that's kind of the overview of, like, what we're up against. And we can kind of start going into the classes. And we'll start – I mean, Demon Hunter is not going to take us that long because Demon Hunter is really not changing all that much. And Nor did we really expect it to. Um, I mean, Demon Hunter ultimately only really had Initiate to rotate out anyway. And, and whatever was in – whatever was considered basic and classic, which, I mean, all kind of rolled together with Ashes of Outland in everyone's head anyway. Steve, um, I would not make promises you can't keep because I'm probably going to talk about Demon Hunter for a bit. Fair enough. But uh, I'll go over, I'll, I'll go over the, the highlights and I'll let you go. But, um, like, the big, the big names that we're losing are, are Altruist, Blade Dance, Consume Magic, and Twin Slice, which means that Soul Demon Hunter is going to take a significant hit, at least as currently... As currently built, uh, we're also losing a couple of the neutral, like Blazing Battle Mage and Beaming Sidekick for aggro, um, and then you know a couple of the cards that you just like have been annoying and we're not going to miss, like Mana Burns going. Um, you know, Soul Cleave is the one hit that OTK Demon Hunter is going to have. Umber Wings going away, Glavebound Adept going away, like some of those cards that we just saw enough of, we don't really need to see anymore. But other than that, I mean, Demon Hunter is fairly unchanged and i mean the one deck that it has right now is otk it loses soul cleave but i would have a hard time imagining they're not going to print some other sort of lifesteal for it to take advantage maybe not necessarily in barons but certainly at some point over the next year losing twin slice is a bullet point that should be emphasized i will like it cannot really be overstated how important that card was to the class both in terms of identity and feel of how it is to play against them uh, and I know that some people said that card is iconic, and I am grateful that Team 5 does not agree because you don't need to commit to a design mistake as a class identity because they did that with the old classic, and that's why they're getting rid of it. Twin Slice was just, you can't balance it. Ice Block was iconic too, and, and yep. nobody misses it. Yep, <laughs> uh, and and gain two Mana Crystals Innervate was iconic, and then they changed it, and we're all like, oh, this is way better, and we're keeping yeah. it that way. So <laughs> we don't need Twin Slice for Demon Hunter to feel Demon Hunter-y, and that has dramatic, far-reaching changes on a lot of the cards. Bladed Lady, it changes a lot. Yep. Blade Dance, it changed a lot. Aldraki well, Blade Dance War- is going, too. Yep, and it changes um, Aldraki Warblades, which is staying. Oh, yeah. 
but so many of the tools that we're used to from Demon Hunter having a bunch of attack aren't staying. And Soul DH is sticking around, but it's going to look pretty different without Blade Dance and Twin Slice. But it just shows that uh, Soul Shard Lapidary, I think, is a fair price for what it gives you. And it's a good deal, but it's a relatively fair price. But when that's combined with Blade Dance, especially at two mana, or when that's combined with Twin Slices and you just die out of nowhere, that critical mass is where it kind of has a problem. So I think that DH will feel more reasonable as far as a Hearthstone class goes. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if you're not healing for 15 on the on the back of of that weapon swing, right? Like, that that's a little bit more fair. And, and I mean, it might just be enough to just not make the deck playable. I mean, I, I would imagine that something will happen, but they're going to have to get... It's going to have to get different AoE, which I'm sure it will. Yeah, I mean, we're keeping Dustbreaker, right? We're keeping Shard Shatter Mystic. Um, we still have Immolation Aura, uh, which is pretty important. Uh, and I... Th- Moarg is staying in standard, and there are a bunch of other cards that are staying in standard that I I think that they will be okay with AoE, but it's going to look different. It's going to feel different. And this is kind of the blueprint that you can use for the rest of the class we're going to talk about. The the vibe and the feel will be the same, but the execution will be different enough that it should feel fresh. And, you know, like, for example, Wandmaker sucks now. It's terrible in Demon Hunter because you lost all the good one-minute spells. Well, you have Eldari Studies, which is re- still real good. It's good, but you're not going to play Wandmaker for that and then hit a Philosophy. No, you're not. Yeah, you just play, you just play Eldari Studies at that point. It's really, really good card. Uh, and some important cards are staying. Eldraki Warblades, we already talked about. Kane, very important. Skull, obviously, is still the most defining card in the class and will continue to be. And for everyone that said they're going to put this in the core set because it's iconic, like I just said about Twin Slice, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No way. Um, but Ilganoth decks around too. So I know the Ilganoth deck isn't high in terms of win rate, but it's very high in terms of memorable experience, and it loses not a lot of things. Yeah. So important to keep that in mind. Um, but overall, like I'm pretty happy with the direction that Demon Hunter is going, and is losing Umberwing into Seder Overseer, which was uh, really important uh, for a while. It's losing a lot of the cheap disruption, and yeah. what it's gaining is just a little bit more awkward. So I think that's uh, that's pretty important because it still feels like Demon Hunter. And, and importantly, it's going to be losing um, Polkelt into Skull, into Altruist, into a bunch of free stuff, right? Because that's always what felt like against Aggro Demon Hunter, the more at least the more recent versions, that's always what felt really oppressive. The and current version, like, the current yeah. version, you Polkelt into um, Skull, into Ilganoth and Relentless Pursuits and Eldraki Warblades. So it's still yeah. like there's still a thing. But it's no longer Ultras's Razorstorm BS because right. that was very, very memorable for the time that, that was happening. Um, and yeah. it had its moment, and I'm glad it's gone. And, and it felt like there was nothing you could do about it, at least with like the Ilganoth uh, Aldraki combo. At least you can put up a taunt, right? And theoretically, they might not be able to remove it. With Altruis, it was removing whatever you had in the way, and it was burning your face down, and it was removing your board, and it was hitting you in the face with whatever weapon they pulled out so it's you know like that's it's gonna feel a little bit more fair it doesn't mean it's going to feel fair it's good but it will feel less unfair in that in that case also important um uh blood herald is sticking around so you know we're gonna keep some some strength and token strategies uh i i was thinking about this today if blood herald had the additional text at the start of the game put this in your opening hand would it be playable i think still no I mean, you'd be hurting your mulligan for that, right? I mean, I guess it would if, have to be... If you, if you drew it after you mulliganed, you just 
added it to your hands, a free card. Like the, the on uh, at start of game draw this, like in duels, like in duels or whatever? Yeah. yeah. I think it would still probably not be good enough. It would be closer, but I think it would still be bad, which tells you a lot about this card. Yeah. I, I mean, they'd have to, they want to go into hand buff stuff more. I wonder if they end up doing something like whenever you give something in your hand, uh, you know, whenever you buff something in your hand, double it or something, like then maybe it gets there, but... Hand yeah, buff I, buff? Hand buff buff, yeah. You know, we can buff buff the buff buff. But it's, uh, I, I don't know, it, like Blood Herald, I, I, don't, I think Token Demon Hunter is like almost there. And maybe if, so, if it gets like one or two more tools, because I've, I've played a disturbing amount against that, I like, I, meaning like a couple of games. But, <laughs> but we, lose, we lose Rascal Naga, which is kind of a big deal. Um, yeah. That goes away. So I'm glad that Rascal Naga is leaving because if it stayed at some point, we would have hated it. It's just not a design that you want to ever be good in the game. You want it to be almost good enough. Uh, but having yeah. played with and against expendable performers, that card is awesome. That card yeah. is really, really good. So I'm hoping they find some payoff for that. And, and Parade Leader is not bad. Is it Parade Leader the one that gives all your Rush Minions plus the two attack? Tool? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I've, I haven't even, like, when I played against it, like, they haven't even bothered getting the Ratscale Naga down. Just the amount of attack they can generate off of, like, a Parade Leader is actually really impressive with some of those token generators. So I yeah, and there's also the the 3 the 4 mana 3 3 who do, drops 2 1 1 taunts who isn't bad. Renowned performer. I, yeah, I like I played against the deck like twice and I can't remember any of the names. I I I'm casting tomorrow. I should probably know these just in case though. I I'm guessing that there's not going to be a token DH at the at the top of this tournament that I'm casting, but you never know. Whatever whatever information is pushed out of your head by adding renowned performer into it is not worth the cost. Fair enough. Yeah, but it, I mean, I think there there could be something there with token. It seems like it's a it's an archetype they want to push, so I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens. I mean, we do have like things like derail coaster and whatever too that that can work with it. And there's there's probably something there, even like cycle of hatred, maybe at some point. Like, you know, that's that's probably a stretch, but that's you know, if we are. If we're in a world where Cycle of Hatred is a good card, then I'm pretty happy with where the meta's going to be. <laughs> and also, uh, press X to doubt. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I do enjoy... I have played Cycle of... You, you'll be shocked to know I've played Cycle of Hatred on purpose a couple times. And it, it's worked out okay, but I, I wouldn't build a deck around it right now. How can I take Demon Hunter and make it free? <laughs> I mean, are you surprised? No! <laughs> Nobody is. All right. Anything else you want to say about Demon Hunter, or should we move on to Druid? I'm just glad that—so Demon Hunter Initiate was meant to be Year of the Dragon, but for Demon Hunter. And I'm just glad they recognized that most of it didn't work for the game, either was too good or too weird or too bad. So I'm really glad that they decided, hey, we're going to take the bones of what we've learned and then keep mostly none of it. I, I think that's a really smart decision. Yeah, I mean they had to pow- they had to power creep it a lot in order to make sure it got played. We've talked about this a million times. They and... didn't have to go this far, but yes, they they chose to push it. But yeah. you know, again, when you shoot for a nine or a ten, you're going to hit eleven, right? And so that's what happened. And and you know, but it would have been worse probably if they'd shot for an eight, hit a seven, and then nobody played the class, right? So that you know, I'm sure they would have they would have power crept it on on it in the next expansion, but. You know, they they got their money's worth out of it. But um, speaking of speaking of uh, of creeps, I guess I don't know. That was uh, well, I guess the whatever her name is, the the tree lady's kind of creepy. Yes. Um, 
I can't. I, I, why am I so bad with names today? I don't know what it is. But um, Dame Hazelbark. Dame, yes, thank you. Um, Druid is uh, Druid's getting hit pretty hard. Um, it's Kinda. losing. It. I mean, it's getting. It's losing Savage Roar. It's losing a lot of its of its natural win conditions. Right. It's losing Savage Roar. Um, and Moonfire, so I mean, you're losing Maligos, so those are never really win conditions anyway. But just in case we're just in case we're unsure, we're just going to take everything out and not let that ever happen again. We're losing Savage Roar for the for the token decks. Um, you're you're losing a number of the token cards, though. I mean, I think we're gonna you're really relying on Arbor up for a token strategy. You are getting um, we are getting landscaping back to kind of help fill the void with with some of those things that we're losing. And we're keeping uh, Soul of the Forest, um, along with whatever token generation was built um, in this, this year. But we're losing bees. Um, and then a lot of the other, like the other things that we're losing, uh, we're losing Rising Winds as well. Um, but also Overflow and Ysera are, and Anubisat Defender are kind of like the big three for any sort of a slower Guardian Animals style uh, Druid deck. And, so, like, anything that's relying on the card draw after Guardian Animals, you still have the Guardian Animals core, because that was all printed last year, but being able to then cycle after that or cycle to find it, um, given, you know, you're not just going to have that seven mana draw five, heal five to kind of bail you out. You're going to be relying on going back to, like, Nourish. I think Nourish is, Nourish is sticking around, right? It is. We're keeping the three uh, course, uh, classic set ramp cards. We're keeping three core set token cards, uh, Treant specifically, and we are keeping Ancient of War. Uh, and most of the rest of it is either getting changed or uh, or leaving. But this is a, a redistribution of wealth, much like Magic the Gathering did in its early days, uh, because Druid did too many things. It was too flexible. And so just all of the spell damage stuff is just gone. Everything that has to do with spells that deal direct damage in particular, which is true across the entire core set uh, overall, but in particular, Druid is just not really going to do this anywhere near as much anymore. Getting rid of cards like Starfire and Starfall, all the balanced Druid cards. We have a couple Druid spells that deal damage to minions, like Bogbeam, but very, very little of I deal direct damage to this thing. And it's clearly a, a redefinition uh, through a modern identity of how Druid needs to do a little bit less and maybe be a little bit better at some things that it did that didn't do before, especially minion-based. And most of the classes are really about pushing the minion-based stuff in the core set uh, because that's kind of the fallback gameplay you want, right? It's, if, a, if, a, if a class doesn't really get great tools in an expansion and they have to fall back on core, you want that to be about minions and not about either crap or spells. So I see it. Yeah, and, and I mean, and I mean, they've said that they want Druid to be removing minions with its face, right? Like they tried to get us to do that in Rastakhan's Rumble, but like, why would you ever? But now, if that's the only way that you're going to do it, they're giving us Pounce. We still have Moon Touched Amulet. They're giving us—is it? I think Feral Rage is coming back. Too. Feral Rage. Yep. Yeah. So like, they're giving us—they're giving us some stuff that's you know designed to allow Druid to kind of remove things with its face, which you know goes along with getting the armor from the hero power and everything else. It makes sense. It, it you know it's kind of what Druid should be doing. And now that you don't have the alternative, you're probably going to be doing that. Um, and you know, we still, we still do have ramp. And as long as you have ramp, you can do things. Just the things that we're going to be doing 
are are going to be very different than the things that we've been doing aside from you know guardian animals into draw two and and you know cleave off your board when you look at a list of cards that are staying and overgrowth is on the list druid can still do things because you still have overgrowth and looking at overgrowth next to wild growth and looking at the at the core set as we know it now it is very clear that there are going to be some things that a class is good at and they're going to get one version of that in the core set and then better versions of that in expansions so that we always have a baseline support card but the good version is going to change year over year so i i like that approach um and interestingly enough they got rid of a bunch of spells especially the spell damage spells but ashes was still about spells matter right fungal fortunes glowfly swarm iron beak bog beam and umbral owl was printed later on uh we're still going to have druid decks that lean into very high spell counts they're just going to run a different composition of cards and they're going to look a little different and i think that's pretty cool yeah, and they're not going to have exotic mount seller because exotic mount seller yes. is rotating. So that that's that's important at least. Like it's not going to be even if there is like a spell druid, it's not going to be the same spell druid that we've known. I mean, we're still going to have gibberling too, so you can do gibberling things and and fungal fortunes and whatnot. And like, but yeah, I mean, it's like there's there's always going to be something that like druid's never going to be completely out as long as you can like. I, I and again going back to that old gods rotation when they got rid of force roar. And it's like, well, what the hell is, gonna, is Druid going to do? And then we found that, oh, well, we just have all these spells that go face, and we have Gadgetan Auctioneer, and we have, um, you know, uh, Fandral Staghelm, and then we'll just play Yogg. And, and maybe, you know, uh, new Yogg is not going to win games like old Yogg did, but maybe it's just like an old gods thing that it's going to do. It'll win games with Cthune or something. I mean, that's always a possibility, too. Like, Druid finds a way with all that ramp, it's going to be able to do something. It's just what it's going to be able to do is kind of unclear based on, on everything that's losing. Yeah, Druid's historical problem has not been uh, having too few options. Yeah. That's not historically the issue with Druid. Druid is like blue and magic, where if they don't go out of their way to make it worse, it's usually really, really strong. So I think this is a redefinition of what Druid gets to do easily, and I think it is a good direction because it removes a lot of the dangerous things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of the... I mean, I think that's kind of a general theme, like a lot of the, this feels awful and you remember it because it happened at the end of the game type of things, right? Yeah. And I mean, if the end of the... I mean, the end of the game may be turn eight when they play Guardian Animals and you concede... Um, but you know, though, a lot of those types of things are in general going away or, or, you know, they build up a quick, a big questing adventure. You can't answer and you just concede, or, you yeah. know, you get burned down by Malagos or whatever. Like a lot of those that were enabled by the classic set are, are clearly going away and they're moving away from that. They may introduce other things. Like it doesn't mean that there's not going to be any feels bad in the new set, but the ones that we've, we're sick of, right. That we've seen enough, like we've seen this movie, we know how it ends. We're not, we're not going to have as many of those going forward. Also, from personal experience, don't concede to Guardian Animals. I, I beat that yeah. about half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, now that it's on eight and not on seven, it's a, it's a little bit, it's a little bit uh, easier to beat. Um, so any, any more things on Druid, or should we move on to Hunter? Let's go. Yeah, okay. do, do we have a Sidisi in the chat? Uh, no, because he, this is his night to stream. So, uh. um, so yeah, so, and, and it's probably good because I'm just going to make him sad. Because uh, <laughs> Hunter is also losing a lot of its classic set and, and a lot of the stuff that's been like, we, if you want to talk about iconic cards that a class is losing, Animal Companion, Kill Command, Eagle Horn Bow, Unleash the Hounds. Um, those are those are all going away. And those have been like in almost every Hunter list since the beginning of the game. 
Um, it's probably good that they're go- that it, it's happening just to get Hunter to do something different and and to not rely on those cards as heavily. And not all of them ran Kill Command all the time. Not of them all of them run Animal Companion all the time. But a lot of the time they did. And um, and and also losing a lot of the you know losing Face Stalker is a big deal. They're losing a bunch of secrets, including some of the um, you know some of the more iconic secrets that that they've been relying on as well. I don't have them listed as high on the on the list, but I mean they're losing they're keeping explosive freezing and snake and snake and they're and they're losing the ones you wouldn't generally wouldn't want to run anyway. Yeah, like you're we're losing pressure plate, we're keeping pick tic tacs, um, but we're losing pressure plate. That was in Saviors. Uh so the problem about redoing your entire core set is that uh Hunter was one of the ones they got right. And I think overall, even though the cards were really reliably played, people weren't really sick of them the same way that they were of, like, rogue cards. And so yeah. it's it's hard to change these cards for the sake of changing them when they were working really well and were still popular and good but not too good. But we're seeing them all the time. And the core set, again, has a different purpose. It wants different ways to end the game. It wants, you know, different weapons than Eaglehorn Bow. It unleashed the Hounds needed to go. Right, that was just a pile of charge damage, so I get that. Um, but it's this has been a hard pill to swallow for Hunter mains because they liked playing with these cards for so long, and they were still good. And they there wasn't the same kind of communal disdain for them the way that the Rogue Classic set was, where it's like it's these are the same cards always in the same deck. Um, but it, you know, if I were a Hunter player, I would be disappointed, and I don't blame any Hunter players for that. Even though I do have faith in any class, if Blizzard has shown. They're able to make Hunter interesting on a regular basis. They chose not to do it this past year, but they're capable of doing it, uh, and I believe they're capable of doing it again. Yeah, yeah and, and this just kind of opens up more more room to try new things. And, I mean, the other things that they're losing, like they're losing Dynatamer Brand even after the nerf. It still was played pretty consistently, and Highlander Hunter's been a fixture of the meta as long as, as Dynatamer Brand's existed. I mean, they're losing... Uh, you know, Face Stalker, I mentioned, they're losing all the Dragon Synergy, so they're losing Stormhammer, Rottenest Drake, um, Corrosive Breath, um, uh, Primordial Explorer. They're also losing... Diving Griffin's kind of a big deal. It was once upon a time. It was at a time, yeah. Um, so it was Unleash the Beast at, 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 when, Zul- when Zul'jim was still around. But they are getting... Um, they're getting a one-drop beast. They're getting Web Spinner. It's not the greatest, but, I mean, that's what you would expect from the level of, of the core set. They're getting Bear Shark back, which is... A very serviceable three drop, and um, they're getting lock and load, so they can play yog and load again in standard. And and lock, and lock and load is one mana now, where it used to be two, I believe. So that's Correct. um and and oh, and we don't get to we don't the the biggest feature of Hunter is we don't have to have arguments about people not playing tracking anymore. Ooh, the best change in the core set. Don't at me. Best change. Oh, so so good, so so grateful. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and delete that whole episode that I did about why you should be playing tracking in your hunter decks, because um, it's it's irrelevant anymore. Because they now it's just discover a card, and and I don't want to get into the arguments of whether it's better or worse, but it's different. And the the one the one feature of that is that we don't have to convince people that it's a good card anymore, because now it's obvious. And and you know when classic was printed, discover was not a thing, because I bet that if discover was a keyword from the beginning of the game and not league of explorers that um that tracking probably would have seen a lot more play and they would have built it that way um but you know that that's this is the benefit of being able to go back and change and and you know update the core set to be more in line with 
with how the rest of the cards are built. And, and so that's something that is, you know, it, it's not necessarily better or worse, but at least from a trying to convince people to play good cards perspective, it's good. Even if it, if they just changed it to, uh, to put the other two in the bottom of your deck, they could have done that six years ago yeah. and we just wouldn't have had to talk about it. But it's, they, they made the card the old way and now it is clearly an improvement in terms of mental energy in to results out. You just you don't have to think about the card as much. And those of us with any kind of statistical or card gaming background are like, yeah, it was good before and it's good now and whatever. Yeah. I'm just glad that like no one's going to roll in the Discord and be like, I discarded this card off track. No, you didn't discard it. You didn't have it. It, yeah. Oh, I, I guess the one time that we were having most of those arguments was when Death Rattle Hunter was a thing, and you did actually go to fatigue. But yeah, it, it's it's I, I don't. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. No more trackings. Um, we don't have to keep yeah. tracking track of this. It's, it's all set. Yeah. Um, and I don't blame any hunter players for being nervous, um, and because this was one of the core sets they got right, and the only one that had community goodwill in addition to the cards being reliably played for seven years. So I. Th- I have faith in the class being interesting and okay, but also it will feel dramatically different. And if it is bad in Barons, I expect Hunter players to be extremely disappointed and be, will be it will be tough to cheer them up, uh, and rightfully, justifiably so. So I'm hoping that Hunter is good at Barons. And, and I mean, they are getting Quick Shot and Dire Frenzy back. Those are two very powerful cards. I mean, Quick Shot was in like the original Face Hunter. I don't know if it's the original Face Hunter, but... Not the original original, but, like, a very early Face Hunter. I believe it was in GVG, um, or maybe it was BRM or something. It was, it was early on. Maybe it was even next. I don't remember. Um, I expect we'll feel pretty differently about Quickshot now. Like, it's a good card. But back in the day, we had so much damage in the deck that Quickshot just... W- it felt secret passage like it would just chain you into some other huge damage card. Um, and so I expect that if we're in a deck that's regularly tr- uh, triggering Quickshot, it's going to be a much worse deck than you know, 2-1 Leper Gnome face hunter and Arcane Golem face hunter. But, I mean, it is getting face damage from hand to replace it's a what it's card. losing with We're, we're going to play it, this card. It's a fine card. 100% yeah. we're going to play and, this card. And, and, and Dire Frenzy was... Dire Frenzy saw a lot of play the entire time that was in Standard, so I expect it will again. I mean, we're not going to have... Um, you know, we're not going to be able to draw three beasts out of our deck with it, so it'll probably feel a little bit more fair. Um, but, you know, and, and I guess it wasn't the entire time because it needed that in order to... To really see play but you know i mean this kind of signals to us they're going all in on beasts they're going to make beasts matter again in in hunter and the way that they're going to do that is by you know removing kill command kind of opens up the way for them to be a little bit unleashed pardon the pun with um with with uh with the beast that they're going to print for hunter i would expect that would be a harbinger of the kinds of things we're going to expect and we're going to get some very powerful beasts that they probably had to rein in because of because of things like kill command and Houndmaster and stuff like that yeah i'll spin a little differently um i don't think that the core set in any class is a harbinger of what they will print but if they do this will be a support card that you can lean into uh and so dire frenzy is the kind of card that doesn't it doesn't mean we're definitely going to print powerful build around beasts. It just means if you have beasts, this is this is a pretty solid card with that, and there might be some synergies that come down the line that are that are really good. But also, the core set is it's the important thing to take away from the core set discussion that it's largely designed to stay mostly the same each year. It's not designed to be a complete transformation each year. So, Lestalana said most of the cards after this year will be staying, uh, you know, will will refresh it, but won't rework it, and so. 
it's possible there is no Dire Frenzy deck this year, but that doesn't mean that Dire Frenzy goes away next year, nor does it mean that they are going to push Dire Frenzy deck. Right. Yeah, but I, I mean, I could see them, Dire Frenzy being one of, like, the 20 or so cards that they're intending to only have for a year, right? Like, we're going to do Dire Maybe. Frenzy for a year, and then we're going to take it out. I mean, Dire Frenzy Trampling Rhino could get very old very quickly. I mean, that, that's a thing that could happen. I don't yeah. know if it will, but it could. The Rhino's right. rotating, um, right? So, like, Rhino will be gone tra- next year. Trample, um, trampling Rhino. Oh, next year. Next year it's rotating, yes. Yeah. Not this year. We'll only yeah. have a year of Dire Frenzy Trampling Rhino no matter what they do with Core because Trampling Rhino will go. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. And also, like, you look at one mana lock and load. I expect that either that card will be good and they'll be like, all right, it had a year, or that card will be bad. And they're like, all right, we buffed it and it didn't do anything. Let's get rid of it. Um, a card like Dire Frenzy, I think, is, has, a, has a wider middle ground. But also, if it is distinctively good, then they may very well chuck it because distinctively good cards are kind of on the chopping block here, I think. Yeah, and I would figure that some of these cards that, that feel like they might be on the fence will probably have a shorter leash, right? Like they're either going to nerf them or they, could, they might just remove them from core entirely if they become a problem, which I, I don't think any of these really feel like they're going to. But if they miss on some of them, I would imagine they would be pretty quick with the hook on those to keep them from being a problem much more so than they would be cards that they're that are actually coming from packs that you're opening yeah well and the great thing about a free set that they give you is if a card if they don't want the card in standard anymore they take it out of standard and give you a new one and they can do that whenever they want because you didn't pay for the card they can they don't have to nerf something they can say straight up this is gone now here's a new thing or this is gone now with next set release we're adding a card to core it's they have so many options now that they just didn't have on the table before, at least not without some kind of economic consequence. Removing the economic consequence on their end makes it a lot easier to mess with stuff. Yeah. And Hunter still has some cool expansion cards. Still got Blood Herald. So <laughs> Yay! If you want to, if you want to <laughs> do that. Uh, now there's no more token generators that matter, so good luck with the Blood Heralds. Um, but it is keeping Imprisoned Felma, which is... Um, I ran the numbers. It's a Pyroblast, so they still have that. I still have my two in gold. Great card. And it still has secrets and secret accessories, like Renling's Rifle, which is an awesome card, and Petting Zoo, they want secrets to happen pretty bad. But in a four-set meta with this kind of change, where there's not such a glut at the three-mana spot, I could very easily see a card like Petting Zoo being relevant. Yeah. And and things like Mystery Winner and, and Inconspicuous Rider, too, to help with that, too. I mean, they, yeah. they got a lot of... A lot of secret support in the last set, also. So and I would imagine Conspicuous Rider is kind of poopy. It's kind of not a yeah, good card. But Mystery Winner's fine. And it's fine. It's if you need more secrets than you have in your deck and you want a one-one-on-one, then sure. But usually, neither of those things are true. So maybe they print some really good secrets. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that you know Hunter's probably going to get some some pretty good secrets too. I mean, if they're removing the, that many secrets from from Hunter, you need kind of need to have like a minimum number of secrets just in order to keep the secret secrety. You know, like for it to for like if you think about like when you played against Rogue in um, in Ashes versus when you play against Rogue now when they play a secret, right? Like a, a secret from their deck, I should specify. Um, it, there's a little bit, there's a little bit more of a guessing game now than there was. I mean, you know that early on it's probably dirty tricks, but then there's always the is it plagiarized? Is it not plagiarized? Is it you know is it, it do, did they somehow throw a uh, the 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 hit your face and get a copy? one in their deck or whatever there's a little bit more mystery there whereas if you only have a couple of secrets then it's kind of easy to figure out what it is after a couple of cards yeah those standard will have five um as yeah. of right now and they will probably print another one we have the three in core explosive freezing and snake and then also we have uh pack tactics 
and uh, open the cages. Open the cages, yeah. And open the cage in particular is relevant with petting zoo because you don't always want your secret to pop on too. So it's nice that you can play that and then get your two minions and then maybe trigger your animal companion. A little bit of a pipe dream, but five secrets with a trigger of attack at all, attack face, attack a minion, and have two minions in play. Like, that's that's a good bit of variety. And that's assuming they don't print another one, which I assume they'll, they will. And, and I mean, Snipe and Misdirection basically haven't existed in this meta right now and and there's still enough you know mystery yeah. around there too so yeah um i mean i think that hunter hunter will be in a good place and it's probably i i would imagine hunter's going to get some good stuff that will give it a different something a little different than what it's had and it's it's kind of hard with hunter up to now because highlander hunter's just been the thing to do and there really hasn't been anything better so now that now that zephyrus and and bran are going hunter will need to figure out some new things and i'm sure they're going to give them a little bit more powerful things to do Losing losing the power level outlier that has been dominating the class for a year and a half, I'm not going to be too upset about that. I'm, I'm ready for Highlander strategies to take a break, and especially Highlander Hunter has been tier one or tier one adjacent for since Saviors. Let's do something else. Yeah, and, and speaking of losing power outliers and getting hit with getting hit with the bat pretty hard. Hi, Jaina. Um, yeah, there's like I think this class lost the most across the board and and it's both as a combination of um of core of of the core set changes as well as everything that got printed last year i mean just looking at this list i mean losing they're getting archaeologists back which is like the one good thing but i mean they're they're losing obviously all the highlander cards they're losing amazing reno they're losing sorcerer's apprentice it is a good thing that these cards are leaving because this is a list of oh, yeah. cards that have been impactful, but they're also all, like, the play patterns Mage has been pushed towards in the past year has been fun at times, but also has been incredibly tilting and really, really yeah. variant and super generation heavy. And so we're losing these cards, but I think it is freeing for Mage as opposed to damaging because yeah. it's all, like, evil cards or cards that used to be evil and then they nerfed them into Oblivion. Yeah, I mean, Mana Cyclone, Mana Giant, Puzzle Box, uh, you know, Reno, Rolling rolling Fireball is probably fine. Magic Trick's even been kind of problematic. All of the free, all the big freezes are going. Frost Nova, Frost Bolt, Blizzard. Thank goodness. Oh. Yeah. You listed big freezes. Ray of Frost, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Nobody will miss you. Not nobody. Get out of standard. Get out of standard. Yeah, Ar- Arcane Breath, too, is is not uh, not insignificant. And also, Conjurer's Calling, and even Elemental Allies has become, like, a, an actual card in the meadow with Spell Damage Mage. Plus, Flame Ward is going, too, which, I mean, I think that's probably been one of the healthier secrets for Mage and one of the healthier cards that, that Mage has had over the, past, uh, over the past two years. But, you know, I don't think anybody's really going to miss it. And, and, I mean, even well, going down to... Secret Mage is, like, Secret Mage is kind of okay in Standard right now. And in the same set, these four cards were printed. Ancient Mysteries, Flame Ward, Cloud Prince, and Arcane Flak Mage. Those were all in the same expansion of Saviors. That's a big part of Standard Secret Mage, along with Karen Tor from the, yeah. from the classic set. Now, still keeping Archaeologist and uh, you know, Occult Conjurer and Rigged Fair Game, uh, but there are a, uh, a lot of the core of current Secret Mage that we know from both Standard and Wild are leaving, and that seems significant. I, you you kind of need archaeologist in order to with everything else that's leaving in order to make a secret mage work like 
Archaeologist has been part of whenever, like, Secret Mage... I mean, certainly it's part of Secret Mage and Wild. And even when we had, like, um, like Aleneth and Standard, Archaeologist was part of that, too. It's a great card. Like, I'm glad we have it. And uh, the curve of Archaeologist into Game Master Play the Secret is going to be relevant. Like, that's a thing. Um, but it's better than a 4-3 that gives you the mana cheating one time. It's a 2-3 that gives you incremental advantage over time. But the turn you play it is not really significant board presence, and it barely cheats the mana. Yeah, but we're also losing Ancient Mystery, so this is kind of replacing that, but still giving you a way to get the secrets out of your deck because secrets have... I don't think secrets have ever been played in in the history of the game when there was not some way to cheat it out, whether it be Archaeologist or, or Mad Scientist or even Arcane Mysteries. I mean, there was one time. It's It was when the secret was Ice Block, and then you just well, cast, yeah, yes. cast that for three mana, and you got a really good deal because it was an Ice Block. That's fair, yes. But, you know, most secrets are not ice block. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. And they are, we are keeping Ice Barrier, which there were times when we would play Ice Barrier for three mana as well on purpose in our deck, usually with ice block as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, I mean, we still have Mozaki, but you're losing most of the Mozaki accessories. Like, I don't know if Mozaki's actually go—if Mozaki OTK is still a thing, I'm going to be very surprised. Mozaki OTK is not a thing right now. Like, I it's, mean, it's, it's barely a thing. I mean, it, it's— it's played enough that it's sort of a, a, a tier three, tier four thing, but I don't think it's going to even be that good because um, the, the win condition is gone because you're losing Sorcerer's Apprentice and you're losing Frostbolt like, and, and Arcane Missiles for that matter. So like both Mozaki and, and uh, Mozaki for as much as it exists and Spell Damage yeah. Mage, which is a real DAC, those are both like I don't think you're really going to be able to abuse uh, Imprisoned Phoenix as hard as you can now. I'm sure that they will be printing Burn for Mage. I will be shocked if they don't because the the reason that you make these changes is because you haven't been able to print burn cards for mage in a very long time unless they're really awkward like a Pexis Blast. And so this this is going to open the way for them to print more burn spells, maybe not immediately, but certainly over the course of the year. And then Imprisoned Phoenix will get value, but it's not going to be like it is right now where you can just like rip three or four copies of Arcane Missiles for 15 to 20 damage on an empty board and then follow up with Fireballs. And, or, and Frostbolts. Like, that's not going to be the thing. It's going to be very different than that. We can still have Cram Session do a good Battle Rage impression, and, like, it's still fine. Um, we can still Phoenix into Raz, and that's still good. Uh, but, yeah, they, they definitely get some space back. And Frostbolt in particular, Frostbolt wasn't overpowered, but if you print anything else even close to the power level of Frostbolt, then you just put all those cards in the same deck and people die from hand from 20, and you can't do that. Yeah. And losing Pyroblast is also super-duper important, just in terms of mitigating total possible damage output. Pyroblast is not a card you normally want to be playing, but if you do want to be playing it, then the person on the receiving end is going to die and they're not going to be happy about it. So I'm glad that it's no longer around to get Wand Thiefed because you can no longer Wand Thief a Pyroblast or two. Yeah, uh, in, in Mage or Rogue, either, either way. Yes. They're, both, they're both unpleasant. And, and I mean, like, you, you played Magic, you know, back in the, in the old days like I did, and, and like, I, you know, I you know, wouldn't be a, a podcast with you without at least one Magic reference. But, um, you know, like, you, rem- you remember, like, original Lightning Bolt, which was one red mana for three damage, go face, in, in Magic. And then they eventually replaced that with Shock, which was one red mana, two damage. Um, and then that's been kind of part of core in Magic since. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, Mage gets, like, a, a two-mana, two-damage burn spell with or without freeze on it, um, you know, sometime over the next couple of sets. Because that, that feels like where they would want the power level to be. Like, two-mana, three-damage is just... It's very above rate 
uh, given what you're given what you're getting out of it. And it's just made it very hard to print any sort of burn spells that aren't clo- that aren't fireball basically, because you've got two mana deal three and four mana deal six. There's not a lot of room to print anything else that's going to see play over those. Yeah, it's Frostbolt. The ancillary benefit of freezing things is really really important, and I'm glad yeah. that they removed a lot of freezing effects from classic because freeze is a miserable mechanic and the more unconditional freeze you have in your game the less fun the game is um and and seriously ray of frost nobody's going to miss you frost nova you can go to which which if these cards are being used it's just to make one player not able to play the game so i'm really really glad they're moving away from that and they can print other burn spells but yeah i don't uh I don't think that you can really keep Frostbolt and Fireball and ever print good Mage Burn cards, and that's why I'm glad that they're making some room and keeping one of them, but not both, while mitigating the amount of freeze damage that a deck can do. Yeah, and, and, and like, the play pattern of, well, I can't play a 7th minion because I could get board locked. Like, that's not a thing with the freezes that we have that we have that are left, because, like, Cone of Cold is the one that goes widest, and that only hits three. So, yeah. but like having to worry about like, well, I can't fill the board because they're going to frost Nova and then I'm done. Like that's not really as much of a thing anymore, which is a good, it's a good thing. Cause it's like that kind of play pattern, especially when you play into it as a newer player just feels terrible. And so and like being they're able definitely going to have yeah. some kind of frost cards, freezing cards in yeah. standard too, because you don't print glacier racer without having some freeze cards, you know, sure. on deck. Um, yeah. so there's definitely going to be something, but this particular pattern time for it to go. And uh, Mage for years now, past two or three years, if you looked at your average Mage deck list, it had somewhere between zero and two neutrals. It would just play, like, just 28 of these cards along with expansion cards. Uh, I also am hoping for a little bit of a change to that pattern and for Mage to, you know, not just play with its own toys, is to really be more diverse and interesting overall. Yeah, I mean, no minion mage still may be a thing, right? We're still gonna have Enchantress Flow. We're still gonna have him. We're still gonna have a Pexus Blast. We're still gonna have Font of Power. Cthulhu is still a thing. Um, um, so you know, Cthulhu may... is still a card, not a thing. Well, like, it, it could. I mean, that was in the no minion mages, good or bad, right? Like that was typically run in those. Um, and we're still gonna have Deca Lunacy, right? So like those things are still there. We may we may end up seeing some of those, but yeah, you could probably see a, a few more neutrals. And and you know, Mage still has powerful tools. We still have J Bar. We still have Solarian. It's one of the classes with access to arcane to devolving missiles. Um, you know, oh, there yeah. are devolving there, missiles yeah. is clutch, right? Because they rotated so much silence. It is by far the most efficient minion text box silencing tool in standard. Triple polymorph is so good, especially well because polymorph is going away too. Yep. Um, so that that's one of the other one of the other things you get, but you're losing a lot of silences. I mean, we'll talk about priests in a bit. You're losing a lot of the like the class specific silences as well. Um, so like having access to devolving missiles is still a big deal. And 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 mage. I mean, I again, this feels like this is making making runway to be able to print some powerful things that mage can abuse. And and they're not printing imprisoned phoenix immediately before. The, a rotation like this that they know is coming without some ways to take advantage of it eventually. I, I, well, I'm pretty yeah. confident. And you can in that. still you can still cram, you still cram, still rass like that's enough, and they will give more stuff. There will be spells that do things. Um, so, as opposed to hunter, mage had an iconic invisible corset that people were totally sick of. So it's time to to you yeah. got to change some of these cards. I, yeah. It's totally reasonable to change some of these cards. Yeah, and 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 those cards just generally felt bad whenever you lost to them. I mean, you know, getting burned down 
from nothing, get, you know, getting your board locked. Like, these cards just, you're losing to this unending chain of, of, um, of generation. Like, I mean, they've, Mage has been the target of, one of the targets of, like, too much random generation all the way back since, like, Unstable Portal. And, you know, being able to remove a lot of that stuff just via rotation that got printed recently will be a good thing for it, too. It's, and they, they, they made a lot of interesting and cool toys uh, with, like, Fallen Hero. I want to play Fallen Hero so bad in TGT. Mm. And I, it's like, Babbling Book. It's Babbling Book. Yeah. I mean, Spells are fun. I'm, yeah. So I mean, I'm fun. glad they brought that back because that's iconic, right? Like, like I mean, if you're going to lose your, your, your sweet mana worm, then, I mean, Babbling Book is about as good of a one-drop replacement as you can get. I mean, and it's and he's adorable. And he, he's like, like, Babbling Book is kind of like the, the theme of Hearthstone in a card, right? Like, it's this, this book that's excited about playing spells. He's adorable. He's got adorable art. Um, and it's, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that you want someone coming into the game to see. Right, like you want somebody coming in, playing babbling book, hearing him say spells are fun, so fun, and then you know burning somebody's face off, and that—that's the kind of thing you want to draw people into the game. Yeah, and Aegwin the Guardian, really cool card. By the way, just so you know, the only thing that gets passed down there's spell damage plus two in the death rattles doesn't like absorb all the other abilities like a Franken legendary. It just passes down spell damage plus two. And so this looks like a Dragon Rider Talritha that can't whiff. And the, the problem with cards like Dragon Rider Talritha and Valinir uh, were that sometimes they would whiff and the card was bad. So this is, it never whiffs. It's slow, but it's interesting. And I like that they're exploring this space. I like they're trying some new stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's an interesting idea. Like, the next menu you draw gets this. Like, it can't, that can't be silenced, you know, ahead of time or pulled out. And, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, Koldara Drake is... I don't think it's going to be that relevant, but I mean, if I mean, there have been some wacky things happening with Koldara Drake, so it's kind of interesting to see that coming back to standard. I mean, we're getting Flame Strike's going to be a relevant AOE again because five damage—the difference between four and five damage—is massive. Yeah, well, um, it'll be. We'll think about it, right? Uh, yeah. I don't Koldara Drake, also known as Colder Fist Ogre. We haven't really like. I don't know if it really ever did anything beyond Mark McZee videos. Um, not it's, in mage. It, it, no. If you got it in priest with um, you know, with, with shadow form or with um, or with Anduin or whatever, it, it was pretty good. But yeah, not not in mage itself. No, I'm I'm excited to see where they go with mage. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I, I mean, mage. It's time for mage to do some new things. And and it's. I mean, also this is the first class that everyone plays when you play Hearthstone. Um, so giving it some different things to do is 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 a good thing. Um, and then. We can move on to Paladin, which is which is actually probably losing the least, mainly because most of what Paladin got that's useful was in Ashes of Outland, which was the Librams. So the Librams are all sticking around, and it's still going to have those. And a lot of what it's losing, um, like we're losing the pure Paladin stuff, like Lightforge Zealot, Lightforge Crusader. Those are both going. Um, though we'll have we'll still have Urel, but without more pure paladin support, I don't know if that's a thing that they want to she's continue kind to be of, a thing or not. She's kind, kind of irrelevant. Yeah, or or it's something that you leave for the very end to you know once you once you've drawn everything else out of your deck. But you didn't acknowledge my pun. I I I, I did in my head. Okay, I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't want to encourage you too much. You know, I, I don't want you going back to Quinquency and then having Botten and Edelweiss yelling at me like, "What did you let him do?" You know. That, that you know, it's, that would be their their 
they will help deflate the ego if it jumps. They they know what we're about here. They know. They're they're impuntrenable. That was terrible. Yes. That was awful. That was re- anyway. we're we're not acknowledging that. <laughs> but so um yeah, so we're losing that. We're losing those dorm of the timeless. Get out. Like fine. Like we don't need that anymore. We're losing. Well, dual. I mean, it's no dorm of the timeless. Doesn't it's not a card that matters. It's it was part of a larger like it was a symptom. Uh, but we didn't play this card for five and a half sets. Right. Well, I mean, in Dual Paladin, but nobody played Dual either, right? So it's... Yeah. Um, it's, uh, there were brackets where this was relevant. I didn't really live in them. Right. And, I mean, the biggest thing that, that it's losing is Salad's Pride, which is going to hurt Liberum Paladin. Um, but that's actually the only thing that Liberum Paladin's losing. Um, other than, like, Blessing of Wisdom, which is in the current list, but that that's, like, a new addition because of Crab Rider. We're fine without that card. Yeah. yeah. But Salad's Pride's the only actual card that Liberum Paladin's losing. It is a big deal. Because being able to draw the draw the penflingers fairly consistently, or draw the other Salas Pride to draw the penflingers, is 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 significant. But I, I'm pretty confident that that I mean, with 28 out of 30 cards returning, somebody will figure out a way to get that to um to get that to uh, to to continue to be a thing. Um, it, it's I'm not I'm not super worried. And and again, Loot Hoarder is sticking around. So you know, as long as you have some sort of a serviceable three drop, then Rally's still a thing. So you can still kind of get get some more card draw out of that. So I'm not really super worried about Liberum Paladin being around, though. I, I I would imagine that they might. This might be. I, I my theory has been they're changing Pedflinger with these nerfs that are coming at the part at the beginning of twenty, uh, of patch twenty that were supposed to be this week, but they pushed out because the the next patch is so big. Um, I because it would hit both Agro Rogue and Pedflinger, which are two of the the biggest, the most prevalent decks that would go over to, to the new standard year relatively unchanged. And if you change Penflinger somehow, then that would hit both of them. But, um, I mean, as of, as we know, with what we know right now, Salad's Pride is a big deal, but it's not insurmountable by any stretch of the imagination for that deck. Paladin is a card where rotation just doesn't matter because none of its cards were relevant. What is the most important classic set card leaving? Hammer of Wrath? Some of the secrets. Blessing of Might? But the, um, the secrets yeah. that are leaving... like Noble is, Sacrifice? No, we're keeping that. Oh, we're keeping that? Oh, geez. Yeah. The the secrets that we're losing are Redemption and Repentance and Eye for an Eye. Yeah. Like, what is the most relevant card that the class is actually losing? Maybe Holy Wrath, just because we'll lose that as a thing, but it's not. It hasn't been relevant since Shrivala rotated. Maybe Hammer of Wrath, because that was used sometimes. Blessing of Might probably is the answer. Yeah, um, Desperate Measures maybe. Um, or well, like, no, that's, yeah, that's rotating, I suppose. But like, yeah, I don't but know, I mean, we'll never know yeah. that card without getting bad secrets. Right. Um, and like you know, we're losing some of that other secret synergy. Was there like with, with Serious Blade and stuff like that? But yeah, it's not really. Like it's like all the cards that they they printed a lot of bad stuff in um you know in the year of the dragon for Paladin like it's it's kind of shocking like looking at what's going out it's like I won't really miss almost any of this it's Lightforge Zealot right like that's the card uh, yeah like Shop pure Bot, Paladin I suppose. yeah yeah um, and Finley I guess was was relevant occasionally no um I mean no. Subdue was kind of played in eh. in some of the slower decks. I mean, the biggest card that that Paladin's losing, if we're being honest, is Wild Pyromancer, because yeah, like yeah, the quality a quality is going down to three, and the reason that a quality is going down to three is because Wild Pyromancer is going out. So you're not going to have an equality pyro clear anymore. 
So like Wild Pyromancer is actually the, the, the biggest impact Paladin card that's leaving. This is kind of crazy that the only thing Paladin is is losing is a bunch of restrictions. And it totally has like just a new lease on life here. And even the cards they're keeping are all getting buffed. Equality 3, Guardian of Kings has Taunt now. Yeah, uh, that's huge. Holy Light is a heal bot. Argent Protector is a, a Bloodfin Raptor. Yeah, and um, what's the the and, uh, and they're getting they're getting Dew Paladin support in, built into the core set. So yeah, we're getting Stand and Against like, Darkness and War Horse Questionably powerful yeah. cards. It's the two mana the the Silverhand recruits that you summon the rest of the game a plus one attack. Like that card is not actually all that great. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. the, the new Paladin secret is really important. Reckoning because it says whenever a minion deals three damage, destroy it. It stops Spawn of Shadows and Wild. So that's something. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, and I guess the spell damage minions wouldn't count for that, right? Like, that wouldn't be—I guess it doesn't matter with OTK, with OTK Demon Hunter anyway. It's, the but. minions don't deal the damage with spell damage plus one. The spells do. So, like, the minion itself has to, has to say, deal damage. Um, but it's also, like, if a, if a spy mistress trades into one of your Silverhand recruits or whatever for some reason, that counts as three damage. Like, if something—if there's, like, a batterhead, if a batterhead hits a minion, that's three damage dealt reckoning with trigger. Is Pursuit of Justice the first time that we've gotten, like, a permanent aura that wasn't attached to, like, a quest? Uh, no, we've got, like, Goru, Goru the Maitri. Um, yeah, as a, as a battle cry, right? But as, like, a spell? I don't know that we've ever got as, had a spell that just, like... The Crystal Core? Yeah, that's why I said, like, attached to, a, attached to a quest, but, like, just, like, a spell that you could just play, right? Like, I don't know. I guess, I guess, um, Dynomancy, technically. Surrender to Madness, Steve. How could you oh, forget about Iconic God. Priest cards? Surrender yeah. well, to I guess, Madness. I guess, I guess Embiggen would be too, right? Yeah, that, that would, that would count. Yeah, and also you've got the Mist Caller. Prince yeah, Caliseth. well, yeah. Um... Yeah, there there are a lot of effects, but this is the first implementation we've seen of a spell that makes a specific minion better. Right. Um, for the for in perpetuity, I think. Yeah, and, and, but I mean, there's clearly like, and, and we also have like Day of the Fair and Lothraxian and stuff like that that were printed. So like, you could build a, a serviceable Dew Paladin with what we have. Um, I, that seems like it's a valid thing that you'd be able to do, and I would imagine that if they're doing this again, I, this this it's it's. The kind of thing that they can do because the Paladin corset, like Paladin was in classic, was just awful. Like it didn't get really good until they just power crept it to hell in GVG. But like the the base Paladin set was just not good uh, back it in was classic. One of the three worst in the game, along with Priest and Shaman, uh, and just is filled with so many experiments that did not work out. Uh, and so I'm really glad they're moving away from a lot of this and moving away from. It looks like there was a theme somewhere in design of Paladin having a bunch of cheap spells, probably uh, inspired by how the WoW playstyle works with a bunch of cheap blessings. So I'm glad that they rotated all of these garbage cheap spells and also all of these garbage, like, weird, narrow, uh, like a Holy Wrath or a, even a Lay on Hands, like a fine card, but it's so clunky. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, leading yeah. into the things that make it that make Paladin Paladin, like Silverhand Recruits, if your hero power makes Silverhand Recruits, you should get some payoff from that, right? Like, it just we, makes sense. Yeah. And we also, we keep Librams, we keep Hand of a Doll, yeah. we keep Lord Barov, who is a crazy card, which I also could very easily see getting getting nerfed to four mana. Um, the Paladin is looking very strong. It, yeah. This reminds me, again, of what Magic the Gathering did with Green, of just realizing, hey, you can make the numbers bigger in the cards and it doesn't break anything, but it makes the class more fun. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Paladin's been kind of just up and down, and it's been very, very expansion-dependent for a very long time. So, I mean, this will give it a good, 
you know, a good bit, a good starting point at least. And you're not going to have no. to do things like duel anymore. Um, like avenging rats going, but I, I think that's fine. But I mean, and, and like, you know, m- maybe we go, I, the, the interesting thing is there's no Murlocs, Murlocs synergy at all, which seems to come and go also. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Paladin's looking very strong. Um, and, and I mean, if there isn't any change to Liberum Paladin, I would expect somebody's going to figure out to make it work. Maybe they change one or two cards, but they'll they'll get there. Like, like that whole Librum core is powerful enough that that'll be a thing for the next year, unless something gets changed. Unless they like uh, reverse the nerfs that they did in the middle of uh, in the middle of Ashes revert of the Outland. buffs. Like, yeah, if they put Aldor Tendon back the, to the, revert the buffs. I meant, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. could. Um, there's there's absolutely a world where Paladin is just a little too efficient. They have to nudge some cards because it has a lot of very efficient minion tools. You can get pretty efficient and pretty powerful on just like raw cheesy stats and not have it be too metagame impactful because minions die a lot. But there's a point where it becomes kind of overwhelming, and especially for newer players at certain uh, you know, their experience early on. If they're playing against pure Paladin, they're like, why do they get five mana plus eight plus eight? Right. That's, you know, it's just it's just such big numbers that it's hard to express to them this number doesn't actually matter. Yep. So, yeah, Paladin players will be excited for for the rotation. I'm sure it's going to be Paladin's time to shine it looks like. And then and then we get to priest. So All right, Steve. We're, we're an hour and 20 minutes into the we're, we're an hour and 20 minutes into the episode and now we get to priest, right? So, um and and priest is actually like it's losing a fair amount, but I, it, I mean, Highlander, you know, the Highlander things are important um, because Highlander Priest has been kind of the best way to play Priest. We're losing all the Resurrect stuff, or at least the Resurrect stuff that matters. Mass Resurrection, Vargoth, uh, Convincing Infiltrator, Cartoot Defender. Um, we're lo- we are, uh, oh, Cycle Pomp is also going. Um, so, like, all the, the major Res Priest stuff is going. I don't think any, anybody's going to be sad about that. We're losing all the Galakron things. We're losing a lot of, like, the, the general value stuff. Uh, Murazond, Lazul, um, uh, Mind, Mind Flayer Karge is going. Plague of Death is going, which is kind of a big thing because, you know, there are still things like Soul of the Forest, but I guess without without big finishers like that, it's not going to be as scary for to not have something that that silences death rattles and kills them all at the same time. Um, and then, you know, just, and a lot of like, like grave runes going like some of those things and inner fire is also kind of a big deal um, to be leaving just because there were some people who, you know, tried to do tempo priest things. And I mean, you do get inner fire a fair amount off of Wandmaker maker and cobalt spellkin and cobalt spellkin's going away too, which is uh, one of the better priest cards uh, cobalt spellkin is. But um, I mean, inner fire it, it gets it gets used a lot with uh, apotheosis in particular, and some people have been trying to build, build it in with tempo priest, and like that's the the whole combo's gone now. Like we're not we're never talking about combo priest again. It's not a thing. Um, you know, I liked combo priest, but I'm glad it's gone. If inner fire was ever in a deck, that deck meant to use that as a one mana pyroblast, so like it it never needs to be around. Um, silence as a mechanic is something they want to make cost more and make worse and make less available, and they did that. And I, again, am grateful. This reminds me a lot of what they did with Demon Hunter with Initiate of they did a rework and they looked at it after a year and said, that was bad. Let's do something else. And they just threw it all in the trash. Good. Good. It was it, it made the cards better, but it didn't make the cards fun. Right. I mean, Shadow Madness, Shadow Word Pain, Thought Steal. Um, so those are all going away. Um, I mean, there are other there are other cards in the rework that are going away, too. But those are the three that I think are going to be 
the most impactful. I mean, I know that there are thought steal. As much as I try to convince people that thought steal is not as good of a card as they think it is, it still is very good at two mana, and it's it feels very bad. As Sadisi reminds me constantly whenever we talk about this, that it, it feels very bad to get beaten by your own cards. So like and we're it's very get- visible. Yeah. This yeah. thought steal is pre savager, so like I'm not surprised they're getting rid of it. Yeah, I mean, you can still Psychic Conjurer, but then you're playing a 1-mana 1-1, and you're only getting one card out of it. It's not it's not as good. Shadow Madness always felt bad just getting your thing stolen and, and having to play around that, so that's not a thing anymore. I mean, there's still Cabal Acolyte, but that's a little bit... It's a little bit easier to play around, and, and Shadow Repain is interesting. I'm, I'm, I mean, I guess we have Shadow Word Death, and we have enough other removals that we don't really need Shadow Word Pain. That's kind of the, the one that you don't see a lot, see played anymore. And, and again, Mass Dispel and Silence are both gone, too. Silence is less of an issue than Mass Dispel. I mean, Mass Dispel is occasionally very relevant, and, and but having a board Silence is probably just as bad as having Frost Nova. Like, it, it's, it's just kind of like... There's, text there's boxes a, yeah. are fun, and so cards that take them away are less fun. It's... It, this is... Silencing is Oko in Magic. It is, it is take a really interesting and fun text box and then get rid of it. And then the game just becomes about the stats, or or it just is effectively removal, except you get to stare at your pain. You get to stare at the cool thing that could have happened that just got undone for zero mana, or for your entire board draw a card. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. So I'm not surprised at all they got rid of this stuff. I actually really like the new silence they printed, because there's a very real cost to using it offensively, and making silence a trade-off that you have to choose to make... It's. I think that's. It should have weight to it, and it should not be free. So I. I like that it both costs mana and uh, gives your opponent's minion stats, or gives your minion stats, however you want to do it. And you can't interfire to take advantage of that. I think it's a. It's a smart design. Yeah, and I mean, like, Humongous Razor Relief is coming back. Silence Priest could conceivably be a thing. I believe Arcane Watcher sticks around. Um. So like, there, there is, there is a possibility for some sort of a Silence that Priest. Ancient Watcher. Um, whichever, whichever the one that they can't attack unless you have spell damage. That is not sticking around. It's gone. Oh, it is. It is gone. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, ancient watcher must be leaving too, right? I didn't even look, but, um, it's, oh wait, so you're talking about, I'm talking the about three arcane, mana five, uh, six the, with spell yeah, damage. Yes. Arcane watcher. Yeah. I'll look that up right now. Uh, that is rise of shadows. That's gone. Okay. And ancient watcher is the two mana four or five. They're, they're both gone. Those are, those are both very overt, like, please silence me. And so they're getting rid of those things. Yeah. And um, and we're I mean get we're getting flash heal back which is great because I mean flash heal is a much better radiance because we don't have Velen and we don't have Akanai things anymore um, we can we can print flash heal again so flash heal is good um, we're getting a we're, we're getting a replacement for cleric of scales which is good um, just being able, being able to have access to that kind of um, that kind of effect feel it, it helps with a with a control deck being able to have access to that and not having it give you a copy is is a little bit more fair oh, um, uh matt and schwaller pointing out humongous razor leaf is coming back the three yeah, mana four yeah, eight can't that. attack yeah yeah so we still have that at least and and i'm sure we'll get some other things that have like horrible death rattles or um or are just like unable to attack or whatever and i mean you know we still we still got there's still a lot of good things in priest, there's still Sethic, Nasmani, and Rally, so that's still a thing. We potentially could use Cthulhu as a replacement for Galakron for a control deck. Renew and Apotheosis are still there. Soulmere is still there. Still have Wave of Apathy and Cabal Shadow Priest. Um, Alusi is still around. We still have a lot of uh, Palm Reading, Hysteria. Despite my initial reaction to the nerf, is is a good card. So there are still things that we'll be able to do. We still have a format of Holy Nova, which is good to have a small removal like that. Um, 
so like there are still a lot of tools for a control priest to, to use um and like rally priest i don't think it's good now just because the power level is so high but i think in a four set meta something that's revolving around sethic nasmani rally and raised dead like that could be a legitimate core for a control priest going forward in the new set i every time i see nasmani bloodweaver i look at him like Ember Thorson was scary at six. Why did they make this? <laughs> this has five health. And yeah. you played on turn three, and your opponent looks at it as like, well, I got to kill that, or they're going to play their entire hand next turn. But they can't kill it because it's a two five. Right. Every time I see that card in play, it's like, this is scary. So I guess I'm glad they got rid of Circle of Healing and Inner Fire and like cards you would generate off Sethic that you just slam for free, yeah. um, including Power Word Shield. They they got rid of actually did they get rid of every zero mana spell? No, they well you still have raised dead. Um, you well, not, still, not in not expansion, but every core. Well, they add, they added yeah. desperate prayer, which is or which is going to be in the new. That's going to be in, right, right, in right. barons, right? Which is um, which is restore five health to each hero. So at least there's a cost to it. Um, but yeah, forbidden words, Lazul scheme, silence, circle of healing, powered shield, whispers of evil. Those are all going. Um, and and a lot of the one cost spells too. I mean, mind visions going. Um, we still have Radiance. Oh, no, Radiance is going too, but we have Flash Heal. Um, we still, we're, we're losing Embalming Ritual. We still have Holy Smite and Renew and Draconic yeah. And studies. Holy Smite, by the way, the Holy Smite buff, I think, was both very successful and also why they can safely get rid of Shadowward Pain. Yes. Um, and it removes the, there was always this weird bleed between Paladin and Priest of, like, specific numbers are our specialty. And so it makes Priest move a little bit away from specific numbers mattering and makes Paladin a little bit more focused in that territory, which I think is good. Yeah. There's still, like, some relevant cards sticking around. And unfortunately, Wave of Apathy is still sticking around. That still says one. But that's yeah. Priest and Paladin. That's a great example of overlap between the two. Uh, but it looks like Paladin's going to be much more about rule setting, and Priest is going to try some different things. Yeah, and, and I mean, we're losing Cobalt Spellkin, but unless they print some real clunkers of one-cost spells in... Um in in barons like wandmaker is gonna be op like it's still wave, a good card but it's, yeah. it's a two two that gets you a single one drop one mana spell without the critical mass without the density then i think that it's still gonna be like good but not crazy it will be a strong yeah. card that is played in a lot of priest decks i think yeah i mean you're just getting a third renew i mean getting like one like these are the cards that you're gonna get wave of apathy holy smite um renew draconic studies flash heal Fo- uh, focused well that's it like not that's bad. a that's pretty a pretty solid. that's a pr- i would take any of those in all i mean other than focus will and i probably still take that like that's a pretty good um a pretty good selection that you're going to get from from wandmaker and basically gives you a third copy of one of those because most of those you're going to run in your deck anyway yeah it's that it's the shadow visions if shadow visions was a tutu yeah Oh, don't tell Bot. He'll be so mad. But, like, uh, <laughs> but... Writing but I mean, down what to tell him. But, I mean, also, you're going to want cheap cards like that for Dasmani, right? So, like, you would run Wandmaker in that kind of a deck because you would want to be able to get those extra spells, so... And they'll, they will have to have some kind of tool for Nasmani because you don't print a card like that without giving it some support. Yeah, yeah. But it's, like, Thorison at 5 health on turn 6. Yep. It's still so scary. And, I like, I enjoyed the play pattern of Sethic right when it came out. There's definitely an expiration date on that vibe, yeah. and I wonder how quickly we'll hit it. Like, I, I mean, you know how I love Priest, and I play against a Rally Priest, and I give a heavy sigh. 
Because it's it's yeah. just like it's because it, it just keeps coming back, and then you eventually get more rallies out of the renews and or more and rallies out of the palm reading, yeah. which yep. is a super powerful card. Like there's just there's a there's not much mana reduction left, but priest has a lot of it, yeah. and that's a little scary. Except the good thing right now is they can't really do anything with it. Yeah, but. I don't want them to get something, and they said they don't want games to be just resource generation. They want them to be driven towards a natural conclusion, uh, and that means you should theoretically like give pre-stuff, and they talked about damage, and they gave some shadow spells. I don't know. I, it's it's a little spooky. I mean, Corrupt Priest is still a viable thing, and it's not quite powerful enough now, but in a four-set meta, it could be. I I would be more worried about them printing some card that does damage things, and then yeah. that card costing not very much mana. I mean, that is they're, my they're, main concern. They're clearly right open now. to that because they're printing a four mana three, uh, 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 four mana four three. I believe it is that does three damage when it dies. Three mana, uh, three mana four three, and that does damage when it dies. And shadow forms coming back. So clearly they're open to that. And so those are is, small numbers. Those are small yeah. numbers of damage that that are time gated. Fine with that. I am worried about some payoff legendary that's not going to yeah. end up costing enough mana on turn five. Yeah, yeah, that's very possible. Yeah, and Priest keeps so many really powerful support tools. Renew is going to be yeah, amazing well, as yeah. long as it's around. Apotheosis we talked about. Soul Mirror is Soul Mirror is one of my favorite designs ever, period. Not just Priest, one of my favorite designs in part because the animation is so good. Um, but I think it's a really great flavor of what Priest removal, mass removal should look like. And it's a legendary, so you only have it the one time. Um, but that's sticking around. Hysteria sticking around. Uh, and with Wave of Apathy and Elusia as a, as a combat disruption, Priest has a lot of tools in the toolbox. And, and, I mean, there is still Silence in the Nameless One. That's still sticking around. I mean, it hasn't seen a lot of play now, but with the Silences going away, it may see more play. Psych Split is still a card. Um, so that that's something that, I don't know if you're going to run that in decks, but you'll still generate it a fair amount. Um, I mean, you even have, like, I mean, Brittle Bone Destroyer is not great, but it's still an option for removal if you really need it. Um, and, I mean, you're, you are getting rid of a lot of the a lot of the junk so it's it's still gonna have plenty and i'm sure it's gonna get powerful cards printed so yeah, yeah you're i'm not you don't need to worry about my stream turning into a rogue stream or anything like that anytime soon um, i i was i was not worried is the word i'd use hopeful but hopeful. also i know that you don't enjoy it quite the same way but the cards that are leaving are the cards that you didn't like to play as priest anyways yes and i am i am glad to hear that because I think the cards that are staying are pretty cool and kind of point in a certain couple directions that I'd be interested to explore. Yeah, I think a Priest will still be annoying, but it'll be no- annoying in a different way. And maybe it won't be as—it'll probably still be just as obnoxious and people will still hate it and want to delete it, but maybe a little bit less. It's Elusia staying, right? Yep. <laughs> it, it, no, they'll still be mad. <laughs> that card by itself spawns Priest rants all the time. And— Maybe it's too blunt of an instrument, but I love the idea that a slow deck just doesn't lose in the mulligan against OTK Demon Hunter or whatever. It has an answer. No, I do not love matchup polarity based in a single card, but I don't love losing and there's nothing you can do about it either. And so I'll take the first one for now. And the other scenarios where Lucy is actually relevant and cool and interesting and playing it can lose you the game. I like those, even though the design is a little clunky. I mean, Priest in a certain way, the way to think of it is that Priest is kind of like the vaccine for when you have a deck that is uh, that is a disease, because Priest generally has some answers to be able to deal with that. So they're they're kind of cleaning out that disease so you're not running into it, right? 
I don't want to use yeah, the disease um, that generally we refer to. to but, you I know. prefer to cure those diseases with nitro boost poisons. Well, and because we can, let's let's do that. We can go on to that because that's that's kind of the next. That, that's just kind of leading us into Rogue anyway. And I've had my fun, so now it's it's your turn to have some fun and talk about all the cards that Rogue is not losing because it's not really losing a whole lot. See, the thing about Rogue cards is you don't lose them when they rotate. You lose them when they get nerfed. But that means we've already grieved and made our peace yes. with it. And so, like, almost all the good cards that are leaving, they were nerfed already. Now, they, they nerfed Rogue Skull of Gul'dan, also known as Galakrond, a while ago. Yep. And the lackey conversation, I stand by the fact that it was always about Galakrond generating way too many of them. But Evil Miscreant has been, Evil Miscreant has been played in Rogue decks since the second was printed up until the second it rotates. They nerfed it, and nobody changed a thing. <laughs> They nerfed. They nerfed the typo. I can't typo believe that it, thing was a one five. I cannot believe they printed it that. It somehow 1-5. left testing as a one five, which again, I'm I am certain it was just a typo. It was just absolutely a thing that yeah. someone hit five instead of four, and they're like, "We're going to fix that." And everyone's like, "Okay, fine." It's not a single deck cut it. It's it's they might as well have just skipped the announcement. It was a common that everyone was still going to play at one four. Gosh, that was a one five. That was insane. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's been played in, in almost every rogue deck that isn't a Sinister Strike deck, and even sometimes with Sinister Strike, since Rise of Shadows for two years. Like the card, time to go. Yeah. Um, and Eviscerate, really important card, but we didn't always have room for it. Flick, really cool card, we didn't always have room for it. Pharaoh Cat, I will miss the uh, the jokes at Bodicus' expense. Yes. But otherwise, like I don't mind highly variant one-drops leaving the format. Uh, I War Kick Master was only a thing for a second. Edwin... Really great for a long time. Iconic road card. Time to go. It's been time to go. Sap. I I don't really need a uh, a card that completely resets my opponent's tempo while also being a pseudo silence. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. It's, it's time for this stuff to go. They actually might have kept too much. Seeing prep backstab shadow step. I was shocked to see all three of those I, coming I, back. I mean, I that was the second thing that I looked at was um, after seeing what Priest cards were happening, I, I immediately went to Rogue, and I'm like, how the hell did Shadow Step make the cut? Like, I mean, and, and it's also kind of, it's surprising with Aggro Rogue being what it is right now. I was sure that at least one of Deadly Poison or Worgen Infiltrator was going to rotate. Like, absolutely sure, because it seemed like we've already hit, like, a, a critical mass of stealth as it is, and having two one-drops and a two-drop that gives you another two-drop felt like it was maybe too much and maybe they would take the opportunity to move worgen infiltrator out but no it's still there too so i mean aggro rogue loses exactly eviscerate and that's it right now i mean we know that knowing that there's a nerf coming right we don't know what the what that nerf is but they've pretty clearly telepathed that um that it's going to be some sort of a hit to aggro rogue so yeah. we'll, we'll see some sort of a change there but just based on what we know now 28 of 30 cards are, are carrying over into standard next year yeah, it's there will be some kind of nudge, but we're keeping Nitro, which I am certain is getting nerfed, 100% certain. We're keeping Cutting Class, we're keeping Self-Sharpening Sword, we're keeping Greyheart Sage, we're keeping Secret Passage, and we're keeping Hanar and Hanar accessories. And the Hanar play pattern I am so over, um, but it's it's good, it's a strong card, it's not overpowered right now, but playing against it is miserable. I despise it, and so I... I uh, I want that card to be gone sooner, but it's not going to. We're keeping Prize Plunder. We're keeping Foxy and Swindle. Um, Swashburglar got uh, changed a bit, but it's not really going to matter. It's still around. I think that card will end up, without patches, will end up not being all that great. 
um, Tomb Pillager. Love to see it coming back. I think will also be it will be fine. My theory on why they kept Sinister Strike is it is the Canary in the Coal Mine, and that if you see that in a deck, Team Five's like, all right, we'll nerf that one. I think that's why they <laughs> kept it to, to let yeah. them know when they need to nerf something. But Rogue is difficult because. It is easily the most distinctive and visual and iconic classic set where almost all of the cards have seen play together because of how combo works. You need a bunch of combo cards, you need a bunch of cheap cards, and they all go together all the time. So the cards they're losing, yeah, like Sap and Shiv and Fan of Knives and Ivis and Edwin are all very roguey. crack, yeah. Yeah, but not always cards you would play in decks, and the cards that we're keeping— no one's really playing SI7 right now. No one's really playing Cold Blood right now. But they're very distinctive and clear rogue cards because rogue cards naturally travel in packs. You have to play all these combo cards together. So, like, SI7 Agent I don't think is offending anyone. But no. in particular, the zero mana spells, all three of them together, I think we were all kind of surprised that they came back with no changes. And Shadow Step still reduces by two and not by one. I, I totally surprised this is a thing. Yeah, I mean that. I, I'm I'm surprised it came back exactly as is, right? Like, yeah. I mean, preps preps been nerfed in the past, right? Like that that's a thing that's happened. But like, uh, you know, and preps probably fine. Like prep swindle right now is a bit of an issue, but it's it's preps never really been a problem <sighs> since it's been nerfed. Not too much. But like shadow step's been in every problematic. I mean, it's been in most in almost every rogue deck to begin with. But it's been in like the core of a lot of problematic play patterns for a while and i'm very surprised that it's coming back and and but i mean fine then that's that's what it is right i mean backstab kind of makes sense because you kind of need you need a you need a zero cost spell in order to kick off some of these chains and it, it is conditional like i've not i don't think anybody's ever ex- upset at backstab but shadow step is kind of the the one that i was very surprised at i am happy the plague scientist is coming back just oh, because I, yeah. I you know the 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 calm down i'm a doctor um line just tickles me um, and and I th- nobody's ever upset at him. Like he's he's you know he he's just trying to to vaccinate people in his own special way. Yes. But um, and and Tomb Pillager's fine, right? Like without uh, we are still going to have Gadgetan Auctioneer. And I've been thinking about why Gadget is sticking around, and I think you kind of want a cool, flashy engine card that isn't really good enough anymore. And that's kind of what Gadget is. Um, it's it's not really good enough anymore, right? Like, it's almost good enough, and it's really cool, and it's in decks that are also kind of sketchy. And I think keeping that around, it's surprising, but it's a it's a callback that I don't think is causing format health issues. Um, yeah. There was a point where I said, yeah, it's time for this to go, and, you know, we've talked about that for a couple of years now, along with Maligos and Alex. Um, and they all kind of dodged around the same time. Um I'm surprised still to see Gadget, but I'm not upset or worried about it because every deck now that I see with two Gadgets and Auctioneers in it is usually total bait. Shadow Step, I have less forgiveness for. Yeah. Speaking I of mean, someone who's played yeah. a lot of Shadow Steps in my life, leaving Shadow Step with Foxy Fraud in standard, little heebie-jeebies for me. Yeah. A little bit. And I mean, you still, we still have Wand Thief. Like, that's, that's still enough value in and of itself. Um, and, we still have you know, prize like, plunder. That's so yeah. much damage. Yeah, I mean we are we are getting rid of questing adventure at least, so that that helps, right? Like that's in the the world kick rogue. I mean we're losing world kick too, but I mean even in that kind of like combo combo value rogue, like questing adventure was the thing that you were that you were building around, and not having that means that you know a lot of those things aren't as super powerful, especially losing Edwin, but. Even then, still, like, there's a lot of value you can just generate off of, or, or shadow-stepping Jandis. Like, 
So I, really, I, really good. I, yeah. I rarely roll my eyes harder than when somebody shadow steps Jandis because they usually do it twice in a row. And, you know, like that sort of a thing is just like a lot of value that I'm very surprised that that's the kind of thing that they would want to continue. I understand that, you know, Rogue needs flashy things to do. I would think that they would probably want to think about a different way that they could do it. Like we got Tenwu, right? Like Tenwu feels like Tenwu doesn't see any play because Shadow Step exists, right? Like Tenwu feels like the fair version of that card. And, and it kind of uh, left an opening. And, you know, if but. we didn't have Shadow Step, I wouldn't play Tenwu. Mm. It's okay uh, because we have Youth Brewmaster too, and Tenwu is yeah, better, but not a lot better. Um, I think that I don't think those two things are related. I think I don't play Tenwu because it's tempo negative, and I do play Tenwu or Shadow Step because of tempo positive. Uh, right. But you know, it's they're pretty fundamentally different. Like the re- if Renew didn't exist, you wouldn't play Radiance instead. You would just play something else. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, um, yeah, but it, it's, and, and I, and I, you mentioned Swashburger. I think that that's actually a buff just because it's not completely useless when you play against another rogue, which is, you know, yeah. consistent with the rest of the, with the rest of the cards like that. But we're losing Vendetta, changed. which was the kind of yeah. the payoff anyways. We're losing Vendetta and Fence. So there's so much less of an incentive unless they print Burgle payoff cards, uh, that I am not as interested in doing that, especially without patches. It could be fine, but it, I isn't think it just, the, isn't it just the new Pharaoh cat though? Like, isn't it? Just, like, a one-drop that you can use to combo and get a little bit of value out of? But Ferrocat, you would play it on one and win more because of it because it gave you board and sometimes it gave you two drops. Sh- uh, Swashburglar has a much larger pool, much less board presence, and we are not short on combo activators. Uh, mm. I I don't envision it having the same kind of impact as a Firefly. Like, Ferrocat was a Firefly. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, um, but we should talk about Shaman because Shaman is... Yes. It got some decent change. I mean, it's kind of hard to talk about Shaman because they changed the hero power. That's that's. Yeah. <laughs> they, it's not just change the card. Like they changed how the class functions. Yeah. On a purely mechanical level, that's kind of overwhelming in and of itself because they don't normally do that, and it fundamentally changes a lot about the class. Because before you were playing spell damage lottery a lot of the time. If you were an aggro deck, you didn't want it, and if you were any kind of other shaman deck, you really wanted it. Um, and so just changing that into a perpetually scaling, like small scaling uh, board presence tool that you can just generate off your hero power is kind of a huge deal. Yeah, and, and also just kind of opens them up to be able to print spells that they don't have to worry about just getting that bigger or, or spell damage effects like that, you know, like like Spirit Claws. I mean, Spirit Claws was kind of the, the where things broke, right? Because then just 25% chance to have like a, a Fiery War Axe on one or on yeah. two, I guess, I suppose. Though, even without that, you look at, like, Lightning Storm RNG, which was terrible to begin with, and I'm glad they fixed, but the difference between rolling a Lightning Storm for twos and rolling a Lightning Storm for fours was huge. And so yeah. the number of games where you would just, you had five mana left and you would hero power and Lightning Storm without even seeing what the card is, and you were just, it, it just meant your removal didn't work sometimes and was too good other times, and you had no control over any of it. Yeah, I mean, and now it just hits for three all the time. And three is, like, three mana, three damage with overload is fine, right? Like, that's, like, it's better than, it's better than Breath of the Infinite, which is three mana deal two, no overload. So it feels, like, fairly costed. I mean, all the the overload reductions make sense, um, like, to Lightning Storm and to, um, to Earth, I don't know that Earth Elemental will ever, will, will still see play, but it's gonna feel less bad playing it without overload three, because three is a ton feral spirit overload one makes sense we'll we'll flip through the collection we'll get to the fives and we'll stop and pause and look at earth elemental and think for a second 
as yeah. opposed to flipping right by it and or stopping to dust it. Right. And, and I mean, four mana total for Feral Spirit feels fair, right? Like four mana for two, two threes feels fine. Um, there are a lot know, of games where yeah. I play Serpent Try and Portal on three and then play another three drop after. And this will be functionally very similar, Feral Spirit into a three drop. It's not either this is really good or this is really bad for me. It's this is consistent, reliable, but has a clear cost. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to have like Flame Tongue Totem or Bloodlust anymore. So, like, the things that. Or, or Vecina. Vecina's also going away. So, um, you know, those types of things aren't going to be there. But, I mean, you know, you may, sometimes you just need two, two, threes, you know, and it, it, it'll be fine in those cases. But, I mean, it's also probably not meant to be a card you're going to build around. And, and I mean, but it, it feels like Shaman's just so hard to predict what it's going to be like because, like, it's just everything is, is completely going. And, like, even the things that you would want to build around are, you know, like bloodless things or. Um, and, and those aren't going to, like, you could build a totem shaman, but you're not going to be bloodlusting. So you're relying more on incremental value, which is still a game plan. Um, but it's not necessarily going to be the game plan that you're going to want. Um, maybe we are going to go finally in this direction of, like, weapon damage. Because Doomhammer, Doomhammer sticks around, right? Yeah, and Inara it does. does too, yep. Yeah. Um, so, Inara does, so you Storm, have Strike Storm Strike does. Strike. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about shaman, when we look at these cards that are leaving... They were impactful at one point. It's kind of the the uh, similar to the rogue problem in a different way that with with the shaman cards they nerfed them all, and so we made peace with leaving them. But that didn't leave shaman with a playable deck because they're only good when you have to nerf it. It was only playable when you had to nerf it. So rogue, you nerf the good cards and then you play the other good rogue cards. Shaman, you nerf the good cards and then you say, well, what do I do now? Yeah. And so there's very little that we are currently doing with Shaman that we want to do or that is successful. There are a couple things that are kind of okay. There are some solid cards they printed. But the Shaman decks that have been good in the past year or two, Mogu Evolve, gross. Boxbine Knuckles, gross. Uh, Galakron Shaman, gross. And then, all the, and then they nerfed them, and it's like the class sucks. So it's not really losing anything as, again, kind of like Mage of being freed from the restriction of being held back so badly it needed to be yanked, kicking and streaming into Tier 1, and then shoved back down. It escapes from the cycle. There are a couple cards that I like a lot that I think were on the verge of consistently decent. Storm's Wrath and Surging Tempest are the two that stood out to me, of solid cards that enable a board-based strategy, but they weren't seeing a lot of play. And even when they were, like the the decks either fell off due to being immediately adjusted from, uh, from natural meta evolutions, or I don't I don't think Storm's Wrath was ever in a deck that really maybe in a spirit of the frog deck or something but it was never really used all that much it was in totem shaman occasionally yeah but the you know bloodlust vicina deck right but it's i mean it's never really it's never really done that much and i mean you still you're, you're gonna have some tools to work with i mean you've got some control tools tidal wave is is a is a decent card um you know storm strike is useful in in either kind of uh either a control or an aggro deck um, you know, you and do slots and totem things. Landslide and Zappy Boy. Landslide and Zappy Boy together is going to be the nuts. Like, that is a turn three, well, not Flame Strike because they buff Flame Strike, but turn three old Flame Strike targeting your opponent of three mana to deal four damage to all of your opponent's minions for the cost of Overload one. Pretty awesome. Yeah. And it clears Death Rattles too, which is relevant because it yeah. actually says, do, you know, do two, do one, then do one again. So that's that's actually relevant as opposed to like doing a like doubling up a uh, like like a holy note. I actually got to 
I got to Solar Eclipse, a Holy Nova, the other day, <laughs> and I was disappointed that it did all four damage at once. Yeah, because I was it's... trying to clear out a Soul of the Forest. That batches, but yeah, landslide is specifically coded to uh, to pop things and then and then damage again. Much like earthquake, which is leaving, which is a cool yeah. card that did see some decent play. And I like that we and have tidal wave. Scheme is going too, yeah. Well, and so I love what what we see here with earthquake and tidal wave is exactly what they're planning on doing. Of print one of these iconic, big, powerful AOE effects each year, and then change them. So we keep tidal wave, but we lose earthquake and Hagatha scheme. They're, this is what they're going to be doing going forward of make the expansions about something the class is good at and then make it change over time. So the combination of the cards change and the individual cards change so you don't have to deal with them all the time as opposed to having some really powerful, consistent AOE in the core set, classic set, where you always see it. Yeah, and, and I mean, Lightning Storm is a good baseline, right? Like, Lightning yeah. Storm is a good baseline to have some, some sort of an AOE to, to build off of, so you don't need to have that one AOE carry you, right? It doesn't need to be a haymaker. It can be a good late-game tool, and then, and then you still have Lightning Storm to get you there. Um, it can be a four-man Holy Nova, right? Like, right. it can be a four-man exactly. Holy Nova. Exactly. Yeah, because, like, that, that was always the problem with Priest and Shaman is that those, those early AOEs were too late, and then you get the haymakers, but you wouldn't get to the haymakers, right? So, like that, you know, four, you know, three mana deal three to the board is fine to get to bridge you to the late game where you get those more powerful tools. And they might just print some better weapons, some more weapons for Cage Match Custodian to go find. Yeah, but you don't need that many more. Like we lose splitting axe. It's, I'm sure they'll get something. They really want Rune Dagger Shaman to be a thing. I have questions, um, but we're keeping some powerful cards. Like Totemic Reflection is a deck. Totemic Reflection, Eyesore, and Lightning Plume, those are all staying, and that's a deck. I don't know how Especially reliable Especially when, the new, when the, new to- the new basic totem buffs another totem, too, on board. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a yeah. big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where Shaman goes. And, I mean, we're excited about every class here, but uh, Shaman had a really, really bad base set, and it's losing it. And uh, speaking of really, really bad base sets, this is something that I was surprised by every time I looked. Warlock's base set is Flame Imp, Voidwalker, and Life Tap, and the rest of the old classic cards were terrible. Yeah. Were so bad. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, they've always, they've had to be that way because of the hero power tax, right? And, like, very yeah. early on, they were very worried, especially in classic, right? Because the, the hero powers would make that much of a difference. Now the hero power is not as much of a differentiator, though it's still powerful, and the, the cards do take a little bit of a hit, but, like, not that much of a hit. We're not dealing with Molten and Mountain anymore, right? Like, it's where Life Tap, you can do that and you don't get some crazy payoff from having a lot of cards and not a lot of life. Because back then, not only Tap was relevant, but mana cheating some 8-8s, which your hero power facilitated, was theoretically relevant as well. Or being an aggro deck that could keep drawing resources when other classes didn't have good card draw or counter pressure. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, you look at some of these, like, like Blood Imp, Bane of Doom, Demon Fire, Drain Life. Have you ever seen a decklist with a Felguard in it? Not on purpose. No. Like a decklist. Uh, like it's someone someone tweets no. a decklist or posts a code, and there is a Felguard that they chose to put in there in the collection on purpose. Not not from somebody who had any other cards in their collection. And and usually new players aren't going to go to the Warlock first because they don't want to do damage to themselves. It's unlocked. I think it's unlocked last. Yeah, usually. Because it's like, yeah. well, why would I want to hit myself in the face? Like, And that, that takes a little bit of, of time to figure out, right? So... But and, and like some of these other things that they're losing, like they were flashy cards, but like nothing, you know, I mean, like we're losing the quest. We're losing Galakrond. You know, Galakrond is kind of a it's it's not quite a meme with Ticketus, but it's it's close. 
I mean, it's, it's the AOE a lot of that's big, the problem, yeah. right? Like the yeah. AOE is a big deal here. Um, Dark Skies, Plague of Flames, and Crazy Netherwing was a pretty yeah. powerful group of cards that you didn't always play together, but they were always powerful. Nether Breath as well. There was a while where Breath and Netherwing made Warlock viable, um, yeah. and it's been a minute since that. Galakron as well, which was relevant, but they did nerf one of the cards, and just the text of the format changed. Um, but the that was really the removal tools is really where Warlock is going to lose a bit. Now we keep Hysteria. We keep the Soul Fragment stuff, which I think the Soul Fragment stuff might have the chance of, to be relevant in Warlock in a lower-powered four-set meta. Yeah. Um, I mean, and we do, uh, get, yeah. we do get Penance. I mean, Drain Soul. We do yeah. get Drain Soul. <laughs> and, and, I mean, they're building in more, more support for discard, clearly. Um, you know, they printed a couple of discard cards in the core set. Um, there's that new one that discards a card from your opponent and then gives it back when the minion dies. Um, you do have things like Brittlebone Destroyer, which is a legitimate removal. Um, you know, that that's sticking around. Um, you know, you do have things to work with, and I imagine that they'll probably, again, kind of pull the reins off a little bit. But again, like, Soulfire's leaving too, which is a big deal for Zoo. Like, Soulfire, one mana deal four to the face is a big deal, and, and that's definitely going away. Um, and you are, you're going to still be able to do zoo things, but you're losing expired merchant. Um, but you can still keep matron and hand of Gul'dan. So there's still, and dark lair, dark lair and Kangarathod, um, are sticking around even, but I mean, Voidwalker going is actually kind of a big deal for that. Uh, yeah. you know, because like have not having the taunts, I mean, we may get another cheap taunt, but not having that one mana one, three taunt is actually a pretty big deal. Like we're getting, um, uh, uh for what the the possessed possessed villager but that's not real and i guess tiny knight of evil could kind of slot into that deck too if you're just if you're going to be discarding things but like possessed villager doesn't have taunt and like yeah it comes back but that's not nearly a replacement the taunts the taunt mattered a lot and it does mean the zoo will feel less snowbally which i think is a good thing um i think it's going to be a little easier to manage the zoo board and you know what it's time for Defender of Argus. Let's go. Oh, gosh. Bring it back. Four mana, three, three. Taunt it up. Let's go. <laughs> it's the iconic opening of a Flame Imp Coin Voidwalker felt really powerful for a while. And even if it ended up not being all that all that great in where Standard has landed, um, I, I think that it makes sense to me that a cheap big butt taunt isn't something that your aggro deck needs to have access to right away, uh, especially not in Warlock, which is not a class that's known for any kind of taunts um yeah i don't know i will miss it a lot i really love zoo but i'm excited to do different things i'm excited to do different things in the class and i'm hoping that we can argus people even though i know in my heart that we probably can't yeah and i mean zoo will always find a way right like it there there are metas where it doesn't exist but there are not many of them and scrap him still a card there we could still do scrap him things i'm not saying we want to but i'm saying we could i mean it's going to be a lot worse without magic carpet but did, you, did you hear me? I said, ugh. I, I did hear I did hear the ugh. I did hear that. Um, I mean, I, look, I didn't say that we were going to play Takan because that's going away, too, so we don't have to argue about that oh, anymore. Yes. I meant that. That's, <laughs> who was arguing? Who was, who was arguing in favor of Takan and had any kind of win rate? I'm saying I think Warlock will get better on average because it won't be yeah. held back in terms of average card quality by Takan existing. Yes. And, and we get, you know, we get Hero Card Jaraxxus now, which is... I mean, oh, that, yeah. that, that'll actually, I mean, that has a good shot to see play just for the fact that it doesn't cut your, your health total in half and, and prevent you from healing beyond 15. 
So yeah, it's a even, good shot yeah. to see play because Matted Arms will play so many games with Jaraxxus that it will it will be statistically relevant to Blizzard. That's fair. Yes, I mean he he will he will bring the average play rate up just by jamming it in every deck. So, um, but yeah, and, and you know Siphon Soul getting a buff. I mean that never really should have been six five seems fair for that. You know Drain Soul being a penance is pretty good. Um, Lakari Fellhound getting buffed. Like you can actually control your Fellhounds now, and so you can make use of that big, big, thick booty. Yeah, I mean it's, it's what was it? Just two random cards before? Two random, and now it's two lowest. Oh yeah, now two is low. Two lotus. That's much better. Yeah, I mean being way able to, better. You can yeah, discard being, your bone yeah. web eggs. Oh, there you go. That's a thing right? you could do. You could. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I mean, you still have, and you still have things like Envoy. You have Void Drinker, so you could, you might, you might actually play some of the more like the bigger Soul Fragment decks and. I mean, even, I don't know if Ring Matron's ever a thing that sees play, but, you know, there are options there. Yeah, um, I, uh, I, I, I take yeah. Ring Matron when I level to four um, in yeah. Battlegrounds. <laughs> and you still have Twisting Nether, too. So, like, you still have, you know, decent tools for, for control decks as well. Um, and you have a fair amount of healing with the Soul Fragments. Like, the Soul Fragments are enough to, to cover the um, to cover the, the tapping. So, I, I think Warlock's going to be fine. I'm curious to see where it goes. Like, the the thing is here is that we don't have enough information from what we know in the core set to really definitively look at a class and give an informed opinion. But what we can look at all of these classes, and I think every class, all ten of them, there are none of them that get a core set that specifically limits them based on what we know. And based on our evaluation, none of them, we look at this course and like, ooh, I don't know what they're going to do. Because all the cards, like the average quality of the cards is fine. None of them make a deck by itself. But none of them say... This class needs bust expansion cards or else it has nothing to go on. They all have something. Like that's a good that's a good thing because that means that the next set's going to be impactful, right? Like it's like we don't have a full like there there are a couple things. I mean there are a couple decks that we've talked about that are losing one one card. And fine. Those will probably get changed. And and like we have some directions based on what we've got. Like, you know, we could do rally priest things. Fine. It'll be a little different. We'll do it. And then we've got kind of some of these classes that are just like a couple of fragments of decks that are almost there and it depends on what direction blizzard wants it to go in and i would imagine that blizzard probably wants them to go in most of those directions at you know at different times right like they're not they're probably not going to print support for all of those all at once but they might print some control cards in the next set and then they'll print print some discard zoo cards in the second set and you know and so on and so forth so it gives them some options to kind of introduce the archetypes without power creeping which is great that's the dream that's the goal. That's the hope. And so, and, and, yeah. So, speaking of a class that's losing a lot wait, of hold its. On. Okay, Before sorry, you scroll ahead. down, yes. did you read what I put in the warrior section yet? Uh, I, I probably not because you're laughing and I. Yeah, oh, that, yes, I, I did see that. I did see get yes. after edge caliber. Yes, I did see that. Yes. 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 I, it may be in all caps and I may have spelled <laughs> out the word that F stands for. And, uh, yeah. Trying real hard to be upset about this one going, but I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, I'm not trying, and even if I was, I would be unsuccessful. I still can't believe they were playtesting, and someone made up a mechanic where you thought you got to play your turn, and instead you died, and they were like, put this in the game. Yeah. I, I don't—it blows my mind. I get that there's some tension to it, but the actual execution, the way it feels as a player— it's just so miserable. It's tense in all the wrong ways. And on I'm both just, sides, yeah. on both yeah. sides of it, because like, you know, when you're when you're you're when you shuffle seven, eight bombs in their deck and they're all at the bottom, and it's like, well, what what did I do all this for? Like, why was I doing all this? And then I was and playing it just my THL match on stream the other day. It was a bomb warrior mirror. So, you know, it was awful. 
and they were pretty far ahead, but I had way more bombs in their deck. And so I – and they had – I forget what they had. They had a couple small minions, and I, they had seven bombs in their deck, and they were at 22. So I go Dr. Boom, Bladestorm, bring them down to four, and then hope they draw one of the seven bombs, and they didn't, so they killed <laughs> oh me. Oh, my God. It's, it's just yeah. – what part of that gameplay experience is something that has yeah. any redeeming value? But even that, even if it was fun for a while in Rise of Shadows when it came out two years ago – Let's, let's get out of my standard. Get out. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. It, it's, we don't, like, uh, it, it had its purpose. There were some decks that it, you, you kind of needed that to counter. I'm glad we're, getting, we're moving on from that. I, I, I didn't like the, the design when it, was first, when it was first introduced. I didn't like that they were doing it in a, four set, in, a, in a first set of the year. So we had two full years with that mechanic. Um, but, you know, fine. We're, we're moving past it. Um, we're losing Risky Skipper, so like every warrior deck ever is going away because almost all of them run Risky Skipper except for like Ike's Nazoth Taunt Warrior. Um, that's losing... not a, that, that's not a, let's not call that a deck. That's a little I play. Generous. I brought that almost every week in THL, and you know it. I, I'm <laughs> not you saying me, that you didn't you play it. You as my captain, let me do that almost every single week. So, <laughs> and Steve, I. I have learned that if I don't take responsibility for your deck choices, my life is just a much better place. So I'm going to let you do you. But Fair let's enough. not call that a cohesive archetype. I think I that would be I won with that misleading. almost every week, too, by the way, just, just so you know. And, and that deck, that deck did, did some work for me. It was only when I switched to Bomb Warrior that I started losing. Yeah, another but, way in which Bomb Warrior spreads misery. Exactly. Um, so we're losing Bloodstorm Mercenary, which means that the, OT, the ETC OTK is going to be much harder to pull off, aside from the fact that we're not going to have, um, you know, Risky Skimmer Armor Smith to help in Battle Rage to get you there. Um, we're losing Battle Rage anyway, so a lot of that draw is going to be gone, though we'll still have, we'll still have Cutting Class. Um, do, you so remember, still going, yeah. do you remember when Bloodstorm Mercenary was a three-mana faces manipulator with a bonus 3-3 three, three thrown in? It's, I remember, yeah, I remember when it was that, and Accolade of Pain was still legal and standard. Do you remember Prince Taldoram? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Look at yeah. what you had to do for Prince Taldoram, and Bloodstorm was like, nah, just hit the minion once, and you get this 3 3 for free. We'll throw it in. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, I can't believe that was legal with, with Accolade of Pain, Risky Skipper, and, and, and Bloodstormer. I cannot believe it. And also um, that they never nerfed the mana cost. They just like, we will make yeah. it slightly less completely free as a 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, we'll just make it hit face a little less because like that ever yeah. lived. <laughs> and, and keep in mind as well, I, uh, Risky Skipper and Bloodsworn were both probably a hair too good to stay the way they were in standard. They were also fun and interesting cards that enabled archetypes that otherwise wouldn't have existed. I am torn on these cards because I love Enraged Warrior, have since the second they made it. Really big brain deck, super cool, fun to play, but they were definitely both too good. And even when they nerfed Bloodsworn Mercenary again, we didn't take it out of any decks. It just we we won slightly less because we didn't have so much free board presence. But I don't know if I'd rather see more cards of these. Risky Skipper was only in standard for a year, but it was really really important for that year, yeah. and it was stifling into the meta more than once. Um, but it was a really fun card to play with, challenging card, and didn't scale at all difficulty levels. I don't know how I feel about it. 
Yeah, it's but I mean, it, it, but it, but I mean, we learned how to play with it over the year too, right? Like we we got better at playing it, and then it just ended up in every deck. Like it was at first, it was difficult to play with, and like Galakron Warrior and Original Enrage Warrior were like those were were like, well, this is this is a good deck, but it's hard to play. And then Risky Skipper just ended up in everything because we just figured out how to play it, and that was that was the best thing to do. And and if you wanted to play Warrior, you were going to have to learn how to do it. Well, uh, I'm. That's a perspective for the legend bracket. Right, Outside fair of enough. the legend fair, bracket, fair. it's definitely a very different experience. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a bad thing to have a card that scales really well with high-skilled players that doesn't impact the meta anywhere near as much if you look at different ranks. If you look at bronze through gold on HS Replay, since the balance patch, and Rage Warrior is a tier 3 deck right now, 48% win rate. So I, it's, I don't mind that from my perspective, but Risky Skipper was kind of pervasive for a while. That's... It's a complicated thing, and if I were on the team, I'm not sure how I'd feel about it either. Just because they didn't change anything about Skipper doesn't mean they didn't want to. Maybe they just never found something that was appealing. Maybe they felt they needed it to be a safety valve in the format with Demon Hunter. Um, yeah, or or, may, or maybe the data just said to them like, "Hey, it's not. It's only it's only a legend, so it's fine, right? Like it's okay to have high school cap decks." Yeah, it's it's a fascinating open question that I don't have an answer for even a clear idea of how I feel about it, let alone how, how there's a global sentiment about it. Um, it's a card that provokes strong reactions, but it, it was really, really meta defining since, since the second they printed it, but they never changed it. And the experience are so different based on who you ask. Yeah. I mean, it would be the kind of thing, like if you, if you happen to get into a conversation with one of the developers at like the next BlizzCon, after we've had some, some time removed from it, and you said, hey, about Risky Skipper, why did that stay that way for so long? Like, you might get it, you might get an answer at that point, like, when, when it's a little bit less fresh, right? I, I think or that the would, next yeah. time Ixar does an AMA, I think I'll ask. And I won't even phrase it that way. I'll say, how do you feel about a card like Risky Skipper because of these reasons? Yeah, yeah. You could probably get a good answer out of him for that. You might, you might get multiple tweets from him. Um, and, and, I mean... And I, speaking of Enrage Warrior, like the rest of the the rest of the the shell is kind of going to. I mean, you're losing Risky Skipper, you're losing Battle Rage, you're losing Inner Rage, you're losing Corcron Elite. Rampage is going though; that's gotten replaced with Shield of Honor anyway, but it's still going away. Um, and then the you know Shield Block's also going away as a draw option. Um, devastating, keep, yeah, super yeah. surprising, absolutely devastating. And make Shield Slam a card you have to work for now. Um, Warrior loses a lot; they lose basically everything except Brawl. Um, and even then, like, Brawl is only okay most of the time. They get some cool cards, but I think Warrior is actually the most change set this year Come if you combine classic changes and standard rotation um, because everything it's leaving is so incredibly high impact. Yeah, I mean, there's not one deck that's there, again, aside from the Zot Taunt Warrior, which you, assume, which you assure me is not a deck. Um, you know, it like, might have to be. <laughs> it's probably the only thing it's going to have. That's working for it going forward, but, like, um, but, we keep, but, but we keep some good cards too like this is yeah. the thing warrior is so complicated because it has such a depth of cards we're keeping corsair cash we're keeping the combination of minefield and blade storm which are both very powerful keeping Wormall challenger uh keeping rattle gore keeping cutting class and reaper scythe and nitro boost poison we still have lord barrow we still have sortie we still have krastanov these are still good cards but what we've been doing in warrior for the past year is built on stuff that's all leaving and a lot of the support cards are leading to. Yeah. And I mean, you still have ETC. You still have, um, like, you're getting the new Warsong Commander that gives everything rush. You've yeah, got yeah, Parade yeah, Leader. 
you've got bumper car, you've got you know like a, you, you know derail coaster and stuff like that. Like there there is it, there could be the fabled rush warrior, which is like the unicorn priest of warrior. Like that could actually maybe be a thing now with all this stuff there. And I mean, theoretically, Silas OTK is still possible. I don't know how you ever get up to that armor total without um, without Skipper Armorsmith and without and without Shield Block. Like Shield Maiden is not getting you there. But it, it, theoretically, that's possible as some sort of a, as, as an OTK. But I, I don't I don't think that's. Uh, actually I will go be a on thing. record as of right now to say that they will not print anything that's as good as the multiplicatively scaling armor gain of Skipper Smith Bloodsworn. Just no way. If they do, I maintain that they will, they have made a mistake. Dr. Boom Scheme 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, yes. <laughs> Dr. Boom Scheme 1, not, not really all that impactful to standard outside of the memes. Um, oh, and we're losing Ankar too? Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah, no Ankar, no uh, Sky Raider. It's going to be Warrior, I think, will be one of the least recognizable classes along with Hunter. Um, and, and I suppose with Mage as well. Uh, but it's... These are there are a lot of things here that are going away. You can't even really do big warrior because like dimensional ripper is going away. Like you rely, be relying just on commencement. Yeah, we're keeping Rattlegore and Troublemaker, but it'll it'll have to take a different shape. Like it just has to be. It can't be the same. Yeah, and upgrades going too, along with again along with um with with horde pillager. So like if you are going to go all in on the weapon damage, it's going to it, it's going to be a little bit harder that way too. Um, and, and I mean, Deathwing that aspect is a is a big control tool. I mean, not that not that Warrior really needs that many control tools. It's got plenty, but like Deathwing was just a really efficient board clear um, that that's been in most of like the pure control decks for the time that it's been around. So losing that as an option is also uh, you know a fairly big deal. It's a good card. Like it's just it's I don't know if it serves any particular purpose other than being a large threat that is also removal at the same time. But it's you're not building a Deathwing Mad aspect deck. You just put it in a lot of decks, and it was pretty good. Um, so it, you know, will feel its absence. Not, I don't think that it's it being gone will make anything not viable. But it's a good card. It's a yeah. solid, like it's a solid support card. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, like I guess Restless Mummy was a thing for a while, and and that's not really what we want to do anymore. But you know, that's something that's also going away. And li- you know, even Livewire Lance with all the lackey stuff is something that was played in some of those decks before we got better weapons. I think Reaper's Scythe has kind of taken that over in that slot for the most part. Um, we still have Bulwark of Azanoth, too. That's that's a legitimate card for control decks that, that can be kind of a problem, especially if if Penflinger takes a hit, right? Because the reason Bulwark isn't good right now is because, you know, you just get a loser a couple times and it's gone. But, you know, if uh, if Penflinger gets sent to detention, then uh, then Bulwark might be might be a little bit better there, too. It's an option. It's, it's something. Um, you know... I don't mind if Bulwark is not great because having, like, an ice block that you have to chip away over multiple turns is not my favorite gameplay style, um, but it's it's an interesting mechanic, you know. I mean, it's a literal blunt object, right? I mean, both both literally and figuratively, it's a blunt object. And, and it's, yes. it's, it's designed for specific types of, of decks that are going to, you know, try to hit you in the face all at once. And and I don't even know how many of those decks are going to be around anymore. Like, we're not going to have, like, you know, Maligos Druid and, um, and like, Soul, like, I mean, maybe... Ag- Soul maybe- DH will have a variant of it, but it won't be quite... Yeah. It won't be, you know, 16 damage hits. I mean, um, maybe, a, maybe a big self-sharpening sword would be the biggest thing that you'd be kind of war- yeah. trying to ward off. But that has Penflinger. So, like, the Penflinger just wh- wh- whittles down the Bulwark, and it doesn't matter. So... Uh, it's it's going to be really good... Against Jaraxxus. 
going to be really oh. <laughs> good against Jaraxxus. Well, you know, that we're, so when you run into Mad at Arms on Ladder, you want to make sure you have a Bulwark in your deck. That, that's the message that you're, that you're, you're giving to us. That's, that's the tech. Steve, we talked for two hours. Yeah. And we got through it all. We got through it all, and still, I've, I have talked about the core set twice, and now this is a combination of core set and rotation, and I still have no idea what the meta's going to yeah. look like. And really, it feels a lot like we're telling people over and over again how things are going to be different, and this makes more sense, but we're going to be so far off of anything that we have seen from a Hearthstone standard environment ever since Whispers, like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, if anyone tells you they know what's going to happen, they don't. And I think this kind of refreshing change, without us having to go into the economics of, like, when we talk about uh, Skolomance and say, Skolomance is really cool, but you need all these cool dual-class legendaries. No. If a card is really cool in this set, in core set, you just have it. You just own it and have it, and you can try it out yourself. And there are a lot of decent cards, and we didn't talk about, like, good new cards. We didn't talk about new Alex, right. which is a really strong, solid card that you're just going to have, and you can try her out yourself if you want to see. We get to dodge all of that discussion, but also we get to go into a year completely blind because 435 cards are changing in just Classic and Core, plus the full rotation of the entire Year of the Dragon. Enormous. Huge. And, and, and the one thing that we didn't really talk about, and I don't want to make this episode too much longer, but like you know, you get around the, well, you have to play aggro because that's what your collection dictates problem, right? Like, like I, I remember not being able to play control at all until until after that first rotation. Because, like, I couldn't afford light bombs. I couldn't afford, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of what else, like, well, Excavated Evil we got with, um, with LOE, but, like, you know, I couldn't afford, like, brawls and shield slams and, yep. and stuff like that. And, like, the ones that are in core, you just get. Like, the epics, you get your brawls. You get shield slams. You get Shadow Word Ruin if that's something you're going to run, right? So, like, you, if you want to play control as a new player, that is a thing that you can do, which is not a common thing in, in many card games. It's pretty hard to play something. Like, I, I had to play Magic for, like, a year before I got to play anything other than Mono Red. In, yeah. in, in oh, Magic, yeah. Arena. Magic Arena is super accessible. Here's a mono red deck list. <laughs> you want to play other stuff, spend $400 yeah. on lands. Um, and in addition, there is kind of a, a compound trickle-down effect of not only do you get the core cards for free to expand your collection, you no longer have to buy core cards. Your money is valuable spent elsewhere, combined with more free packs that aren't classic packs. Losing the burden of collecting classic cards is a, is a huge net benefit in addition to getting a bunch of core cards. The, the, it moves in a positive direction two different ways from the same change because Tavern Brawls were 52 classic packs a year that you had to do your card chores and get them, but also they weren't all that valuable to really tenured players. And even if you were a new player, if you, if you are a new player and you get your free classic pack and you opened up and you get an epic and a legendary and you're really excited and it's a... Millhouse Mana Storm and a gosh, what's a crappy epic? There's so many. And a, a or a Gladiator's Longbow. You open a Gladiator's Longbow and a Millhouse Mana Storm, and you're really excited. And then you go to Discord, and people are like, "Are these cards good?" And you're like, "Here's what you can do with that 500 dust." It, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's miserable. Yeah. And so removing that entire experience from the game and just giving people both a better starting point and more meaningful purchasing decisions, uh, it's just, yeah. I'll say it over and over again, and we won't stop repeating it for years. Yeah. I think. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still like I'm going to say this now. I'm going to say this in the card review. I'm going to say it in the in in the first episode. I'm going to say it again. I would not expect the first week to be a wonderland. Somebody's going to find a stupid deck that's obnoxious and really powerful day one, and that's what everybody's going to be playing on ladder. I would not expect that the first week is going to be this wonderful deck builder's power deck paradise. It might be, but I wouldn't expect it. But I think this is the closest we get to that, just because there's so much to figure out, absent a couple of decks that are almost there, that it's very likely that we're going to see a bunch of different approaches. Like like back when we had that first tournament in in Old Gods and people were playing like Cairn unironically in um in Paladin because that was that was a thing that we could do in Cairn actually. We didn't figure out that Cairn was Cairn we didn't know what to do, so Cairn was a was a decent card, right? Like that, that was that's in the Whispers you, know, you said? That was Whispers, yeah. I remember Well, God. we were Nizothing back Karen, Sylvanas, and Tyrion. Like that was the point. It's just Nizoth we had Sylvanas and Tyrion's like, what's a good third death rattle? And we convinced ourselves that Karen was the thing. And Karen wasn't bad. It was just six mana for two Yetis, and then later in the game, you might get two more. It was it was uh, you know, it, it was value. That was those were the those were the glory days of value. Kids Hearthstone was a very different game back then. Yes. It's that was back in the day where if you stuck a Savannah High main on a neutral board you were gonna win. Um and then they they've they've done some different things with I mean I was promised at the beginning of this meta that if you stuck a Ysera you would be winning. So I'm still waiting for that meta. It's, if you if you stick a Ysera unleashed and then you pass, <laughs> then you're winning. But there there's some other things going on there. Yeah. All right, but I think this is a good place to wrap it up. So, so how, why don't you tell all these nice people, all the uh, the myriad of places where they can find you um, if they want more Hearthstone content like this? The hub of my content is Twitter, for better or worse. Uh, that's where I talk about Hearthstone, Hades, and Slay the Spire in that order, as well as Cheese, which is probably more frequent than at least two of those. Um, uh, so twitter.com slash ridiculous hat i'm on two podcasts about hearthstone coinconceit.com is one of them we make things past the game more accessible to you and the other one is the vicious syndicate podcast which is a analytical weekly look at the hearthstone meta with sacco from vicious syndicate i also am on a podcast called hidden aspects which i made to talk about hades uh and i keep having hearthstone people on spoilers for people listening to this show that listen to that show adwakta is on this week that episode's coming out later today um so yeah it's the crossover is substantial um, and I don't know, I'm, if you are listening to this and you are in a Hearthstone Discord, uh, then I am probably in your Discord. And, um, and you can, as always, you can find um, the show notes for the show and every show at offcurve.com. You can follow the show's account at offcurve. You can follow me on Twitter at wickedgood. Um, you can, those of you who are not already following, if you're watching on Twitch right now, go ahead and press the follow button, please. If you're not and you would like to come uh, watch my stream, which is, uh, Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern and Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, but not this weekend, and not this week, and I will say why in a second, um, is at twitch.tv slash wickedgoodfm, or you can just go to twitch.offcurve.com. You can also join the Discord at um, discord.offcurve.com, which is a wonderful group of people. Um, Hat is there because it's a Hearthstone Discord, and you can you can be too. Um, and um, I will be casting uh, DreamHack Community Clash tomorrow. I'll be casting the finals of NA with Sway Bay. So that will be a lot of fun. Um, so that will be... I don't know exactly what time because it depends on when the, when the tournament wraps up. It's, we're casting the finals of, of that bracket, but we're, uh, we're assured it should be somewhere between like 9 and 11 Eastern. So um, watch my Twitter for that. And um, yeah, hopefully you enjoy this. Um, I, will, I still owe you all a 
um, Dark Moon Fair at the, in the rear view, so that will probably be the next episode before the big card review with uh, Mad at Arms, which should be the weekend of, um, of March 20th. So I think if we're going to do it again, I don't know the time yet, but we're probably doing it the, the weekend, the mornings of the 20th and the 21st. So uh, do tune in for that. And um, other than that, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one. Yeah. Oh, one more thing. Yes. A wrench of caliber. Eat it. <laughs> I am I am wicked good and I approve this message. <laughs>